Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these adventures in any order and can skip any you don't enjoy. Today we are playing using the combat mechanics from a game called Adventurous. It's our first time playing, so we might make some mistakes. If you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Adventurous by Dawnfist Games on DriveThruRPG.com. Build your own Adventurous character and play a game with friends. Speaking of friends, today we are joined by Armando. Uh, hello everyone, my name is Armando Contenda Bellano de Medici. I am a human being. I'm about uh, 31 years old. Uh, in this uh, game mechanic, I am considered a warrior class. Uh, however, uh, I like to flavor that like a mercenary sword fighter. I, I stand about six foot two, uh, weigh a lean 165 pounds. I'm 31 years old, and my hair is like a shoulder length. Uh, it, it looks black, but it's just really dark brown. Uh, my eyes are very light amber, and uh, my skin tone is a moderately tan, and I'm wearing like a traditional, like I would say like a fencer outfit, but not like the white one with the mask, but kind of like a, uh, a roguish hero, like a outfit, a uh, vest with a, a white a shirt and a leather pants and leather boots. And so I got two swords and I'm ready to go. Bartholomew. Good evening, everyone. I'm... Bartholomew Salvador. I'm a six foot two human man with auburn hair, white skin, and blue eyes. And my combat class is a cavalier marksman. And I am currently wearing a green regimental coat with a beige facings, beige breeches, and a black tricorn hat. Also, as I do with every episode I am featured in, I like to read off some poetry I write. And today I'm reading off a poem inspired by one of our fellow fire breathing kittens called the Fajanasi of the Sea. A figure standing, tall and brash, with eyes that brightly glow. Even in the darkest times, her flame ignites the heart. As many coins do cross her palm, her color changes so. If you cross her in bad faith, she'll surely tear you apart. Thank you. And Sadie. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Sadie doesn't talk much, so I'll describe her. She has white hair. And ears that are parallel with the horizon. She's a Macritus elf. I was watching Free Run, and I was like, oh, she's pretty. So, she looks like her. Um, in this game, she's playing a cleric, but I don't think she's figured out Holy Bolt. I don't think she knows what that is. She couldn't hurt a fly, so she might give you guys a daily bless, and that's about it. Good luck. <laughs> Y'all might die this time. Uh, she is carrying two healing potions. So maybe that'll do something. But anyway, so that's Sadie. She is a Macritus elf and a cleric. You are all finding yourselves in the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. The guild is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a job board, upon which sits a faded piece of parchment, a single flyer. What would you like to do? Hmm. Bartholomew is currently sipping on coffee while writing up his new magazine, writing in some poems and current events. I'm always up for adventure. So I am eyeing the job board, wondering if I should take the, you know, I want to take the job flyer, but I don't want to be like greedy, you know? I don't want to be like always taking the job flyers and then everybody is complaining to Nulithag about like, 
Armando was always taking the jaw flyers. That is not what I want to do. So like I am peering at it with the side of my eye, like I'm looking <laughs> at it, making sure nobody else is taking it before I like, before I act. So I'm just uh, waiting on uh, like leaning on a post, looking at the yacht board. But it's been like this for two hours. Mm. Bartholomew puts down his coffee, <laughs> takes a breath, and then looks over to the side and sees his good friend Armando eyeing the job flyer. Oh, hello. Uh, good afternoon, Armando. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, Bartholomew, how are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Uh, it's been such a while since we've been on one of adventures together. I see a job flyer over there. Perhaps you might want to take a look with me? Oh, of course, I would love to. I, I, I do not want to overstep my bounds. You know, I don't want to get like a reputation for being a greedy. But yes, I would love to. Uh, the last time I was, uh, yes, let, let's take a look. Yes, these adventures sure are inspiring me. And Bartholomew will stand up and head towards the job board. Take a look at the flyer. I will follow uh, Bartholomew. As you grab the flyer, you see it is an aged piece of parchment, as I mentioned before, quite battered. But upon it is a fancy calligraphy-style handwriting. Uh, upon it, it reads, Fire-breathing kittens. I am being harassed by some very rude ne'er-do-wells who have imposed their presence upon my beloved family estate. I find myself unable to even walk the grounds of my own domicile and have been restricted to a very undesirable living situation. Please help save me from these raffish individuals who impress their unwelcome presence upon my manse. Be a doll and provide me with a helping hand. I can provide you with a reward worthy of your aid. In the place of a signature, it has an address. 113 East Martello, once upon a time. The parchment has been embossed with the imprint of a shield containing a three-headed hydra. Hmm, I didn't get the full, I was writing down notes and I didn't get the full address, only once upon a time. 113 East Martello, M-A-R-T-E-L-L-O. Thank you. So, Bartholomew, I have a question for you. I know you are a calligrapher. You are uh, an aficionado of uh, writing and uh, paper. This paper is, it seems very old. And... If, I, I don't know, is there like a shop you can go to to buy purposefully old paper to make it seem like more important or something like this? Or was this just like somebody had paper that they bought uh, 50 years ago and this was the last scrap of paper they could use to make this job flyer? Very interesting detail. Yes, I'm not actually sure. It seems like a flyer that would be posted here for something recent. But now that you mention it, this paper surely feels... Very, very old, yes. But the handwriting I mean, maybe is... it is a recent flyer. Oh, I'm sorry. Go right ahead, Bartholomew. Oh, I was... You go ahead. I was just saying, I think it is a new flyer, but I think whoever made it, like, wanted to have an era, or like an aura of um, importance. You know, when you look at old paper, it's like, that has been around for a long time. This must be an important... Whatever is written on this paper is important. And so, is there, like, a place you can buy old paper... So everything you write is important? Hmm. I've not really thought of it. Only about just the style of calligraphy. However, there might be places like that around here in Nicomoy and other places. Um, um, is, is the ink old? Does it look like Sadie just kind of tapers off? <laughs> 
This might be, uh, is Sadie going to investigate it, or are you just asking Bartholomew, or Armando? I think Sadie would be more comfortable investigating it than talking about investigating it. Like, like I don't think anyone heard what she just said, because she said it way too quietly. So she's just looking at the paper, and they're talking about, like, shops, and, and she's just, like, mm, like, peering in. So, can I roll a check? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so... Th- the primary mechanic of Adventurous is uh, ability checks. Um, you have strength, dexterity, knowledge, will, and charisma. So we'll go with knowledge for this one. Uh, and you roll a number of d6s uh, based on your ability. And five. if you roll a five, that's a single success. A five or six, that's a single success. If you roll two, that's like a strong success. I have two dice. The first was a two. The second was a five. Whoa. So that is a weak success. And you are looking to see, uh, remind me what it was specifically you're looking for? The oldness of the ink. Like, for example, if the ink was very, very old, maybe it would have slightly changed color. But if the ink was fresh and shiny and color fast, you know, and not at all bled into the page around it, maybe I could tell. I am 718 years old. I got <laughs> yeah. some some old journals that like, oh, they they old. Yeah, so I would say with a weak success, yes, you can tell that the ink is very old. And the paper itself seems to be very old. The paper, you're not sure if that is because someone like made it look aged or whether it is genuinely old. But the ink, you can tell, is old. Oh, Sandy, I, I did not see you there until you were examining this uh, flyer. Very uh, carefully. Uh, how are you doing? Um, um. Hi, hi, Armando. Um, I I think this was written a really long time ago. You know, I have been staring at this uh, flyer for the last two hours, and so I don't know how long it had been up before this, but uh, maybe nobody got around to it, or I don't know. Maybe it, you know, it's about time that somebody take this job up. Hopefully, the person that give this job is still around, like still alive, number one, but still need the job done. Hmm, this is very mysterious. And thank you, Sadie, for giving your input. I know you're very much wise on things of, such as this. She blushes. She's uh, got white hair and currently red skin. <laughs> oh, Sadie, I was just talking to Bartholomew about the possibility of having like a store that it says old paper only, so everything you write is like seeming important. You are a very business-minded. So do you think this is something that is worthwhile, like a business, uh, what you call a side hustle or something like that? <laughs> do you do you think that would sell? I have some paper from like 70 years ago that I haven't used recently. Do you want it? Well, before you give it to me, like I appreciate the gift. That is very nice. But... I think you should try and see if this is something that is marketable and uh, maybe you can make a store and sell your old paper and then everybody's like, I'm going to write this contract and it's going to be like very important. So I'm going to use this old paper. So it already looks important, like it had been aged for some time. Mm. The business prospects of that is actually very well thought out. I would actually even think, consider to buy some of this old parchment from my own writings. Make something look very official and old and very antique. Yes, that that would be an interesting prospect. So if you were to ever think of selling some of that old paper of yours, someone like me would like to 
purchase some, just for the fun of it. Oh, I would just give it to you, Bartholomew. You can have some old paper if you want. Well, I would appreciate that. Thank you. Thady, you are very kind. Thank you so much for being my friend. Would you like to join us on trying to find out about this your flyer to see if we can help somebody? Okay, but um, I I don't know if they still... Okay, all right. She's like, this was written longer than a human lifespan ago based on this ink's age. Uh, sure, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> She's not going to argue. Okay, so um, 113 East Martello... Do we know where that is in Once Upon... Well, I mean, we know where Once Upon a Time is, right? So we can, like, go there. Can we... All right. we head out, guys? As you I head out... So. We can... <laughs> go ahead. Are we walking or, like, taking a a horse or something? Or... I don't think they are necessarily in a hurry if this is so old. We can you walk, maybe? And how far away is Once Upon a Time? That's nearby Nicomoy, I assume? <laughs> It's a bit northwest. You follow the Imu River, and then the Atime River is like a branch off of that, and uh, it's a little bit west. So, I mean, it's a while, but so if we, I know Alistair could take us there if we could all fit on one horse, or we could take multiple horses or something like that. In fact, um, Bartholomew, I believe you would remember that it's, a, I, th- I believe it's northwest of Pine Drake. Oh, even further north than Pine Drake. East. Interesting. Northeast. Oh, sorry. Not that I care. I don't care. But we do have a map. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, though. I really, you can put wherever, but it, technically it's east. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'll head on, saddle up onto Alistar and make my way there. What will you, what will you two do? I cannot uh, keep up with the horse. So <laughs> I suppose I will be getting another horse. Um, are there a stables close by? No, that is foolish. Hold on. I will say there is a stable close by that the fire-breathing kittens frequent very often. And I will say, excuse me, uh, stable keeper, fire-breathing kittens business, uh, can I use the uh, any available stallion for me and another one for my friend Sadie? And we are going on a, an adventure. Sadie gets out like $200. I don't know how much a horse rental costs. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. 500 I don't know. It'll be a few days. It, it, it's like you put your hands out like this with a pile of money in it, and you just say, just take whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll put it on Nula Sag's tab. Make sure you bring him back in good condition. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, thank you very much. So I'm going to pick a a, col- a horse the color of cinnamon because that sounds like the right kind of horse to have today. So I get a cinnamon horse, and uh, Sadie, what kind of horse are you getting? Brown horse, white boots, white blaze. Very nice. You have like a riding outfit? Well, I know you are very well um, educated in your finer things. Like your family has a lot of uh, access to riding lessons and things like that, and so you probably have the whole riding outfit. That So that is cool. I just had the one outfit all the time. <laughs> I watch it. Sometimes, but it's the same outfit. Oh, actually, uh, Cinnamon Sticks comes with a complimentary cowboy hat. <laughs> it's your cowboy hat. <laughs> I, I will, I'm not a big fan of hats because it interferes with my sword fighting, but while I'm on the horse, I will wear the hat. But once I'm off the horse, the hat is off. Well, that's good because he kicks off anybody who doesn't wear a horse, a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thank you for telling me that. It's, it's, that would have been 
It's a horse hat. We wear the hat on the horse. <laughs> I, I, I accept the hat and I put it on my head right away. And then I get on the cinnamon uh, horse. Bartholomew sees you put on the hat and says, Why, you look very dashing with the hat on. I appreciate it. I mean, it's not really my style, but, you know, I, I try. Hmm, that gives me the idea. Maybe you should try different hats and see what works with your style. I will have to come and visit the uh, different horses, maybe different horse, different hat, try it out or something like that. But again, for sword fighting, it is an obstacle. It is like a, a hindrance. And I don't want a hat. I know you wear a hat and it looks very good on you. And I know it probably keeps the sun out of your eyes when you are shooting. But we're different people. I don't know. Okay, that is also to say I will consider it because you are my friend. And I don't want to reject a suggestion from a friend just because I am too stubborn, you know? Stable Master, um, is, is, is there a hat for this horse? I'm afraid the only other, the only other pack animal I have that comes with a hat is, uh, old Duncan over there. And you see, uh, a large mule and there's like a jester's cap set on a shelf above his table. Oh, that's really too bad. And she heads out. (laughs) (laughs) Sadie, you have your own hat. Is that correct? Or can can we go get you a hat before we take off? I think based upon this game, it looks like I'm wearing a red robe with like crystals in it. And I like that. So I think I would have done that. And it has like a hood. So I got the hood pulled up. I'm looking at the Mm. cleric. uh, Okay. Character description. So I pull my red... Oh, it's like Little Red Riding Hood on me. And I pull my hood up. That is perfect for riding. It is a riding hood. Oh, Red Riding Hood. (laughs) Let's go. All right. As you guys head off toward Once Upon a Time, uh, the weather is quite foggy and rather unpleasant. Uh, The wind is howling rather hard and... uh, it's kind of dreary. Mm, this weather is familiar from my home. Foggy and in the forest here. We are in the forest, you said, correct? Or did I just assume? I think the pathway is along the river, and it is um, on each side of the river there are trees. So it is, it is wooded. It is not like a dense forest, like an old growth forest or anything like that. But yeah, I think... It's a sparsely populated forest. Mm-hmm. And I did remember being told that Once Upon a Time is on the way past uh, my home village. To the east, not that there's a map. Uh, but there is a map. It is to the east. I don't have a map up. I'm trying to think. So for clarification for the listener and everything, I travel quite a bit because, you know, my as a mercenary, you, you never know where you're going to be. Mm. So Nick Amoy is in one place. And like northwest of that is uh, Once Upon a Time. And then west of that is Pine Drake. I see. And the forest is much more thick in Pine Drake. Mm-hmm. But the fog is definitely similar. Yeah, this is mm. like pea soup or something like that. Oh, yes. But <laughs> with a little bit of uh, effort and some friendly uh, chat amongst you and your friends, you eventually make it to your destination the road outside of 113 East Martello. There you find a grand manse with cracked stained glass windows, a very 
poorly maintained and overgrown garden and a crumbling exterior. Uh, standing outside, perusing and looking over the outside of this manse, uh, you see an elderly halfling with gray hair uh, wearing a blue work apron over a white linen shirt, white breeches, and black boots. Uh, he seems to be kind of puttering about, just kind of looking at uh, different things on the grounds. The the gates before the mansion as well, I might mention, uh, say the Cromwell, or just as Cromwell Manor. The first thing Bartholomew notices is the large sign with the words Cromwell Manor, as you just said. And then he looks down at the man hobbling around, a halfling with the graying hair and the blue work apron, and notices immediately that it's Gideon. He yells out to him, Gideon, it's me, Bartholomew, old friend. How are you? And what are you doing all the way out here? Hey there, old chap. I came to once upon a time to trade for some silver. You know, I I rather like working with silver, and you know, I made that fine pocket watch for you. Oh, it... Bartholomew stutters and hopes he doesn't ask to see it. Uh, yes, that pocket watch I hold so dearly. Well, I just happened to stumble upon this estate and I saw a big hubbub as many people rushed inside and I thought I might go inside and investigate. I stepped inside briefly and I was admiring some gargoyle statues inside when uh, I heard some strange noises and quite spooked me and I found my way back outside immediately. Oh, Gideon, we're here on behalf of a, of a flyer that is rather old and asks us to come investigate this place that was besieged by some, some horrible fiends and that they needed help. So I assume not going in there right now. You know, one thing I happen to remember as I was fleeing that, uh, the foyer of this, of this manse is uh, I believe the Cromwells uh, had some dealings with the nobles of Summerfell. Bartholomew's eyes widen and he perks up and he says, Well, that's very good information. I'm, I believe fate has brought me to the fire-breathed kittens to lead me here. I've been hoping to find some lead on that for years, as you've known. Well, I'm I'm certain you'll get to the bottom of it, old chap. I, I might go have myself a spot of tea and warm these old bones up, uh... Stay safe, and yes, indeed. Please, same, same to you, Gideon. And make your way back to the city where it's safe. Please, if you would. Wait a minute, before. Oh, sorry. Before you go, Gideon. Uh, hello, my name is Armando Contenza Belano Medimici. I'm a friend of Bartolomeo. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I have a question for you. Um, why are you in the town? Are you from the town number one? A very uh, suspicious for me. To me that you are just wandering around this crumbling manor, that is not a place for, like, I would not expect somebody, especially if they were from out of town. I have not heard your answer yet, so I assume you're from out of town. Why are you here? And then you see, like, a hubbub, and so you investigate, and you don't seem, like, as scared as I would have anticipated, like, if there was a, a sound that was very frightening that caused you to flee. Uh, can you... What's going on with you? And uh, Armando would look at him... Very uh, suspiciously. Mm, and Bartholomew look over at Armando, a bit perturbed by how he's talking to his good friend Gideon, but he knows that Armando is good at 
weaseling things out like this. Maybe he's onto something we that thought, he doesn't. I don't know, know if I appreciate like that. We thought I, I oh, like we, investigation we, like a maybe that, like maybe a that's the wrong detective word. or something is better than like. <laughs> maybe a I used the that. wrong word. Not weaseling out. No, that's okay. No, no, no. no. I, I understand. Am I trying Your to, heart is in the right place. Mm, I'm trying to think of the right wording, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't even hear that. That, that, that mm-hmm. like internal monologue for you, so it's not even a factor for me. But I'm mm-hmm. just saying, I'm more like a tiger. But, <laughs> but, long story short, he's he's he knows that Armando's good at spotting details that Bartholomew's not so privy to. Well, I, you know, uh, a person might find themselves chasing a fancy that perhaps doesn't lead them in the best direction, and I'm prone to that even with my old age that. Uh, curiosity caught upon me, and I thought I might follow the crowd, but turns out that that's not for me, and I I don't necessarily appreciate the fifth degree. I thought uh, my friend Bartholomew here, uh, you thought I might be treated with a little more respect than that. Well, you should have. It's, it's, he's, he's trying to apologize for, for Armando here and his, his, his but, uh, you see, in the Five for the Kittens, we deal with a lot of, well, shady figures. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's good that we have someone here with with us qu- asking these kinds of questions. It's it's we I've run into many dangers on my adventures. It's good to have someone like here, like Armando. Gideon, I do not be to be like insulting you. Okay, number one. So you may be a very good friend of Bartholomew, but I have I come from a world not directly, but indirectly. I witnessed a lot of intrigue, a lot of backstabbing, and people are on the take. And so you could be like the best friend of Bartholomew, but all of a sudden, like, hey, now I'm going to stab him in the back. And then I am his friend, and you are his friend, I assume. We, you understand how a friend would be protective of another friend, would you not? You should be asking me the same question, too, you know? You just met me. What am I doing here on a horse that is cinnamon color? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that hat doesn't quite look right upon your head. I knew it. You're right. You're right. I am not a hat wearer. It, it seems to be made for a much smaller man's head. <laughs> it, it is too small for my head, but apparently if I do not wear it, the horse kick me off. Bartholomew starts sweating because he realizes his his false compliment has been seen right through his good, honest friend Gideon. <laughs> and now he's worried that Armando will catch on. He was just trying to be friendly and good. No, well, it's okay. I appreciate your attention to detail. Go ahead, Gideon. <laughs> well, there, uh, Armando, you know, you you might have had me right if I were 20 years younger. I used to get up to quite a few shenanigans back in my day, but I believe I've quite settled down since then, and I don't think you need anything to worry about this old man. So my eyes will dart from uh, Gideon to Bartholomew and back again, like <laughs> back and forth like this. And I will see that on Bartholomew's face, he is very much a little uncomfortable at this uh, potential conflict, this tension. But I can see he like, this is his good friend. What am I doing messing around? I say, okay, Gideon, I'm sorry. I like to check things out. Uh, of course, Sadie is with us. And I feel a personal obligation to protect this lady. <laughs> I mean, she is very <laughs> capable herself. Like. Like don't <clears throat> she, uh, they don't just let anybody into the fire breathing kitten? At least I don't think so. So you know, just trying to make sure everything is on the up and up. Uh, while I am talking to you, though, can you tell me more about these uh, sounds you hear from inside? Well, I was 
taking a look at the uh, sculptures inside, these gargoyles, and I I heard some interesting noises. I can't couldn't quite place them, and I thought perhaps I might had misheard, but I, I decided I quite rather didn't want to stick around to find the source of these noises. It sounded as if the house itself perhaps was hungry, or perhaps something was unsettling the uh, foundation. GM, are we at 113 East Martello? Yeah, I might not have described that that well. And the house, like, looks unoccupied, right? Well, I would say, yes, it looks it looks like it's been unoccupied for some time. If you guys would like to inspect the exterior a little more, you might need to make an ability check or something, but you might could glean some more information. So Armando is thinking that this is a very old house in, in Chambles. You know, it's not in very good shape. And our flyer is very old with the ink that is also very old. So I'm I'm getting like this thinking of suspicion like, I hope we are not too late. But I think we are too late. I mean, but, the, the question we got to ask is, how'd the flyer end up on the board? Hmm. Perhaps it was it was a recent addition to the board. I mean, I, I've never seen that flyer there before. Perhaps it was... Hmm. Someone that is an, hmm. even, I, I can't fathom to think of what it could be. It could be anything. I have run into many weird things on my adventures here. Hmm. Well, uh, do, do you guys want to visit the, the town hall and see what the status of the date of, of 113 East Martello is? That sounds like town. a good idea. When you say like town hall, like the mayor... Or something like that to f- investigate this address? Or do you want to go, like, inside this building? The town hall, the one that has the record of all the deeds and mortgages to see if a payment was made recently on the property, to see if there's a lien on the... Maybe we can purchase it. I mean, I could purchase it. And, like, you know, to see what's going on here. Sometimes one of the ways that we elves make a lot of money is that we outlast residents and... Step in at opportune times. So this is like an investment opportunity for you, right? I mean, I can see that. It's such an opportunity. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basic feast or upper, for sure. Um, to be honest, Sadie, I'm tired of wearing this hat that is too small for my head. <laughs> so I would like to get off my horse, and we can walk to the town hall, but I kind of want to investigate the gargoyles to see what this a sound is. It's like a tummy rumbling or something, according to Gideon. And so, can we do that first since we are here, and then maybe go to the town hall, and then we can uh, do whatever financial tra- transaction you are thinking of. Like, that is above my head completely. I'm not a financial wizard like you. But can we just check, do just a little, little bit of check out right now? I look to both you and Bartholomew, because we are a team. This is like a democracy. I'm not trying to uh, steamroll anybody. Well, I'm in in vote of going to the town hall to find out who the current residents are and see if we can't link it up with this with this job flyer we just got. Maybe we can find out a bit of what's going on here with this old parchment with with old ink coming in just now recently. Okay. So I will accept both of your suggestions and I will adjust the little hat on my head. So the horse did not kick me off. And then we can make our way to the uh, town hall. All right. You guys make your way to... Well, I 
Uh, before you walk off, Gideon looks to Bartholomew and says, Bartholomew, uh, if you wouldn't mind sending me a copy of the next copy of the Inspirer, I quite like reading your poetry. Oh, I've got one copy right here. And he hands it to you. Much appreciated. And come back sometime. Uh, come visit. I, I quite like your company. Oh, yes, much obliged. I will visit as often as I can. Um, so he parts ways with you as you guys head towards the town hall. You find a quite nondescript local government building. Um, not really, a no frills sort of, you know, uh, t- sec- uh, two-story building. Uh, and you find yourselves to the reception desk inside where you find a half-elven, rather bored-looking, bespectacled uh, secretary. Uh, it says uh, Annalisa Poddingham as her nameplate, secretary of the town hall. That's her official title. Um, um, hello? Hi? Yes, how can I help you? I, I was, I was wondering if you could, um, direct me to the property records. I'm looking to purchase an abandoned building on East Martello. Hmm, East Martello... I'll tell you what, I, I will I will head you in that direction. And she, like, stands up very slowly and leads you down, slowly walks you to a very large back room filled with large filing cabinets. Have at it. <laughs> and then she leaves you there. Okay, what are the labels on the front of the filing cabinet? Aw, oh, this is some D&D here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Property records, and then I would say that there are large sections based on, like, 50-year increments, perhaps. And maybe there's also a separate set of files for transaction histories. Ooh, they're not geographically based, so I can't just search for East Mortello. Hmm. And I believe, uh, honestly, I think this is a good time for a check to see if you guys can find what you're looking for. So perhaps knowledge... No, let me look at the attribute descriptions again. It was will, charisma, knowledge. Is this willpower? Because you got to not be born? Yeah, I think so. Because knowledge would be if you like are trying to delve your, your knowledge of a certain thing, but you have no knowledge, so you're trying to find it. So I would say will to see if you can... Um, okay, well, I'm a cleric, so I got lots of will. I got five dice of will. So one of those was a six. All right, so with a six, you find that the former, we'll say the the last record of the property at 113 East Martello changing hands was from an individual named Bertrand Cromwell. Hold on, let me look at my notes. Uh, to another individual named Strickland Cromwell, uh, St. R-I-C-K-L-A-N-D. How long ago was that? And was it a inheritance or a purchase? It was an inheritance and it was like a hundred years ago, roughly. Ooh, does it say any information about the Cromwells? Like if they're human or like, because a hundred year old deed, I'm thinking that's up for grabs. Like if this was a human a hundred years ago, this would be an empty property. But if this is an elf, this is, you know, so... He was pretty bad in pretty bad shape, you know? I, You may be in luck. 
I don't think there is any, I don't think there would necessarily need to be, that's a good question. Who officiated this document? <laughs> what law firm or notary in town? <laughs> I know this town to be more like an artistic community, so I am unsure whether there is like a notary or whatever, but I have only been here like a handful of times. Um, I, hmm, roll me, I'll tell you what, you're in luck. <laughs> it just so happens to be Annalisa Pottingham. Ayo, lots of people have notary skills. All right, I take the document to the receptionist, and I, I stand there awkwardly for like a good five minutes, and then I work up my nerve, and I approach the receptionist desk, and I say, um, um, excuse me? Yes, how can I help you, young lady? It, 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 it looks like you were the notary on this deed, and... I just wanted to ask you some questions about Strickland Cromwell. See here? I point to the name. Do you remember them? She reaches down and is like gathering a sandwich and like seems to have poured herself some tea. And she looks at you and she's like, I I believe I'm going to have to get back to you on that. It is my lunch break. <laughs> When is your lunch break over? Like, is this going to be a long time, like we need to leave and come back? Or is it only when you have the conclusion of this a sandwich? Uh, you could stay here. I have a few more sandwiches. And she goes to grab <laughs> more sandwiches out. Oh, at this point, I'm in for a sandwich. Like, <laughs> what are we eating? I don't mind a sandwich. <laughs> like, if I'm going to wait, I mean, I might as well, you know? Hmm. Um, It's like liverwurst. Ooh. Uh... With some, like, pickled vegetables of unknown origin. <laughs> I love this. Sadie is 718. You know she likes old person food. <laughs> I would say that they go for the gut, but, like, there are better solutions. Oh, man. She starts talking about recipes that are so gross, like boiled meat. Oh, man. <laughs> She's bonding with that. You... Right. I'm assuming that the receptionist, Annalisa Pottingham, is kind of elderly, right? Yeah, yeah, she's elderly. Aspic. I love aspic. Do you know the last time I had a good aspic? <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Make a... I know that this probably isn't your main stat, but make a charisma check with advantage. Woo, I get two dice. That did not help. <laughs> that is a fail. That's a four and a three. I'm going to send you guys some pictures of aspic in the group chat. Uh, it is gelatin, like clear gelatin with like tuna suspended in it. <laughs> well, you know, my grandmother gave me a recipe for some herring aspic. And I quite loved it as a, as a young child. And I passed it on to my own grandchildren. However, they never seemed to make it. And it hurt my heart to know that they would not use my recipe. May I please have your recipe? Of course, dear. I'd love to give it to you. During this discussion of very disgusting food, my mustache <laughs> is twitching a little bit. And so I turn to Bartholomew, who is a very young man, and I say, look, this is gross. And I know you agree <laughs> with me. But I think I see a moon dollar next door. You want, like, we go outside, get a coffee or something, come back? Agreed, yes. A coffee does sound nice. Uh, and not listening to this talk of of gelatinous fish 
Sounds like a like a good idea. Anything except that. Let's go. Fairy, uh, we trust your capable hands, metaphorical hands. Uh, we're going to grab a coffee. You want one? And uh, do you want one, ma'am? No, oh, the, the coffee quite hurts my my delicate digestion. And I quite end up spending most of my time in the toiletries afterward. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, we got <laughs> it. We got it. Uh, Thady, you want a coffee or something like that? Sure, thank you. Okay. Uh, so me and Bartholomew, we leave for a little bit. We go get a coffee and we get one for Thady too. All right. Uh, that's easily done. Might I ask what type of coffee, coffee you go to get? There is a coffee. Uh, it's a recipe called a blue flame. And so I'm getting what you call a blue flame. It is a very special coffee. Uh, I'm trying to remember what exactly it is, but that is what I'm ordering because that is my go-to. Mm-hmm. While at this coffee shop, this, uh, uh, Moondala, I'd like to visit some of its uh, wares and look for little trinkets. Maybe I can find a good novelty coffee mug or some kind of ri- uh, new writing quills. Is there a particular type of mug you're looking for? Anything special that I haven't seen yet in other towns. It's just a little collectible knickknacks I like to like to find in town. Um, you find a mug that says once upon a time and then um it, it shows like a quaint picture of the the town and then underneath it it says like the untold story or something like that. Oh, this seems very novel and very very interesting. I haven't gotten one like this yet. I'll take it. Is there, aside from coffee, is there anything you want to do in the Moon Dollar Armada? I, I'm sorry. A blue flame. It was not a blue flame. It was the blue fire. I, I want to clarify. Uh, I want to get two blue fire. One for me, one for Thady. Uh And then I will, I don't mean, I'm not one to be magnanimous traditionally, but uh, I would say, Bartholomew, will you like, I would love to buy you a coffee. Well, I certainly would appreciate it. And I see you, you're buying some coffee flavor I've never tried before, Blue Fire? Blue Fire is a venti orange mocha with a soy milk. I eat it on the cream. You pour the cream in the first, and then three-fourths of the coffee, and then finally the rest of the cream. And then to make, be made properly, it has to be very uh, foamy on top. So that is a Blue Fire. Well, I'll let you in on a secret, Armando. I've only drinking black coffee in my life, and I've never tried any flavored coffees like that before. This would be a wonderful time to try one. This is going to blow your mind. Mm. I mean, honestly. Armando, as as they call your name and you approach to get your coffees, you happen to bump shoulders with an individual, uh, a human... Male, wearing white short sleeve dress shirt, khaki pants with suspenders and a white fedora. Uh, he seems to be in his middle years. Uh, he quite looks familiar to you, like someone you haven't seen in a long time. And you hear him say, I, I told you I wanted my coffee hot, piping hot. And the beans you're using are terrible. This sounds a lot like my cousin. Federico, is this you? It's me, Armando. Armando! It is I, Federico Condensa Belasno de Medici. It's so good to see you. How he are your parents? Been, uh, uh, fortunately, they are dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, 
as you know, they are uh, terrible people. Um, <laughs> I hope this is not too much of a blow for you. I don't know what your relationship was with them, but as you know, mine was pretty awful with them. How are you doing? You look great. Oh, I'm uh, doing fine. I wish the coffee were much better here. This is Moon Dollar, Forsaken Moon Dollar. I wish they could get their act together. I'm quite alarmed at how poorly they make their coffee. I understand. I know you were always that. You know, I have very a few memories with you because we see each other so infrequently. But one thing I remember is one: you like your coffee piping hot, and two: you are a very particular about your coffee. So I knew immediately with you. Uh, how 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 great of you to remember me, your cousin, your long co- long lost cousin. I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. I, it's great, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's so good to see you. Yes, I became mayor here uh, quite a few days ago, and it's been it's been pretty good so far. But uh, we've been having trouble with this haunted mansion. People come from all around, say we want to see the haunted mansion. Wait a minute. This haunted mansion, it wouldn't happen to be... Excuse me, I need to turn in my notes. It wouldn't happen to be at 113 East Martello Street? That's correct. It has been a thorn in my side, causing all kinds of trouble. People run screaming sometimes, and, you know, it has brought a little bit of tourism, but the the dollars don't count for the negative press. I understand. Uh, So, I have a friend, Sadie. She is, I think, trying to buy this property. Do you know if it is for sale? Or, like, if the living relative, like, is there anybody that has claim to this? Because she's going to, I think she has a lot of money, so she's ready to pay. But is the person alive that she needs to uh, talk to to get this property? And we're, we'll check out the haunted mansion. That sounds like a wonderful adventure. Am I right, Bartholomew? Yes, I do agree. This haunted mansion, we have already been there and looked inside. Or, well, looked inside from outside, and we've seen people gathering and looking inside and hearing strange noises. And yes, we would very much like to investigate. You know, it's the strangest thing. The last owner, Bertrand Cromwell, he left the whole thing to his doll. But people are so afraid of the doll, they don't want to even enter the premises until now. And the doll creeps them out, and they just run away, and it's caught up in some paperwork nightmare, and... It, I didn't even think it was legal to leave a property to an inanimate object. A doll? How See, peculiar. this is why you write down stuff on the deed. <laughs> like, doll. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just saying. <laughs> Would you say this is a creepy doll? It's a very creepy. I don't know why anybody want to be around it. That sounds... Well, I... I I mean, if you're going to leave it to a doll, you might as well leave it to a creepy doll. There's, that makes sense a little bit in, a, in its own weird way, you know? Uh, i tell you what. I'm, we're going to go back with Sadie because I want to make sure she gets this uh, blue fire before it gets too cold. Um, we'll check out this uh, haunted mansion and uh, maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe we can. Maybe she can buy it from the creepy doll or maybe she can buy the creepy doll <laughs> and then de facto, she owns the manor. You know, that, that's not like a solution that works for everybody. And then she, plus size, she got a creepy doll. I'll tell you what, I'll see if I can uh, dig up the deed for you. You're my, you're my cousin. Yeah, yeah, we're next door at the, uh, the records office. Um, yeah, we're having 
there's a conversation of the like the worst sandwiches. I know you are very particular with your uh, taste. If that's what I remember about you, you like the very uh, flavorful things. You don't want to be here for this conversation. You know, Annalisa Paddington, Pottingham. Sorry. Oh yeah, so she's she's lovely. However, uh, you gotta mark off a whole day if you want to do anything with her. She take forever. Mm. Lunch breaks. Can you come? Extended, uh, yeah, yeah, extended exactly. lunch breaks. She's on her lunch break right now. Can you come over with us and kind of facilitate things? You know, maybe speed things along so we can uh, to help my friend Ethery. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, you know, I hate, it's a shame about your parents, but they were quite rude to me on many occasions. So you, you come have a drink with me sometime and, and I, will, I will help you with this. I would like that very much. I, 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 as you can understand, my connection to family is not very strong because of my parents, but that is something I would like to correct. I mean, you seem like a very a stand-up man. You were elected mayor for after all. And so maybe that is something we can uh, explore a little bit more. But I do want to help my friend. So we're going to go back over there. Uh, Bartholomew, uh, is there anything you want to do in this Moon Dollar while we are here besides uh, talk to my... Did I introduce you? I'm sorry. I, I am so rude. I was so overwhelmed by meeting you. Uh, Federico, this is my good friend Bartholomew. We are in the Fire Breathing Kitten together. And uh, Bartholomew, this is my... Lo I mean, I have not seen my cousin in ages. This is uh, Federico Contenza Bilatno de Medici. Well, it's nice to meet you, Mayor Federico. And one thing, one thing I wanted to ask you, you know about this haunted mansion and you know about the Bertrand, Bertrand Cromwell um, leaving it to the doll. Do you remember the doll has a name? I know it's a very peculiar ask and a peculiar question. Yes, I believe it was a Strickland. Strickland Cromwell. Uh, I, I believe... You know, it was a very shady dealing. I I don't think it was widely publicized that it was a doll at the time, but until someone went to go check on the property and came calling and it, there's a doll sitting in the in the in the grand room there and is very unusual. Very unusual indeed. Oh, and by the way, this is our first meeting together and you're the cousin of a good friend of mine. I'd like to have one of these. And he hands him this flyer of the Inspirer. <laughs> and read over this. I'm sure you'll be inspired. I've written poetry. There's current events going on in Nicomoy that you might want to read about. And on the back, there's a crossword puzzle. Oh, it's amazing. I love a good crossword puzzle. And I love your... Everyone does. <laughs> I love your uniform. It's very, very, uh, you know, keen. Yes, well, thank you very much. It is, it is my regimental uniform from my, from my cavalry division back home. All right. Well, you should check on your friend. I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, I'm holding, I have two hands and I'm holding two cups of coffee. I have not had a, a taste of either one. <laughs> so I'm going to go back. And uh, thank you. Ciao. It's so good to see you, Federico. Um, we, I will catch up with you later and have a drink. Bartolomeo. I think this is good information for a city. Like, a doll owning this? This is crazy. I mean, I don't say that too loud in case the doll is listening. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame door. you. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Like, we go next door, and uh, we find Sadie talking about something probably pretty gross with the lady. And I, I said, like, while she is in the middle of a conversation, I set the coffee in front of her so she can have it at her leisure. 
Yes. And I'd like to try this coffee for myself. The first cup of coffee that isn't just straight black coffee to keep myself awake during grueling hours of watch of being a watchman at home. And he takes a sip of it and is like, whoa, that's, that's like a dessert. Well, thank you very much. Compared to normal coffee, this is a treat. It's like candy coffee, you know? It's like you got to graduate to black coffee if you're like a kid because like you're in the yummy phase and you, all you want is like candy and things that taste good. This is kind of the coffee drink for people that are in that phase. And then eventually they get older and they get more serious and maybe like cream is too expensive or something like that. So, Or you're trying to put your kid through college and so you buy black coffee. And so right now this, this is living it up. You know what I mean? Well, that's an interesting way of, of being raised. He, he says kind of nervously and completely out of touch with the way he was raised, fighting zombies his entire life and needing to drink anything to keep himself awake, to keep himself <laughs> alert. <laughs> but he takes it in his strides as this is, this is something normal people do, and he's glad to be out and about experiencing these new things. And this was very much a treat for him, something he'll much enjoy in the future. And that's when I met my fourth husband, <laughs> Roberto Mundo. <laughs> <laughs> he had quite a habit of drawing on his name at the end there. <laughs> oh, my, well, with a vinegar pie recipe like that, I don't know how he could have resisted. <laughs> Bartholomew Cullen. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> Look on your face. Vinegar pie. <laughs> I, just I think that's... I see, to get that vinegar pie idea out of my head, I just take a tip of the blue fire. Oh, I've got a recipe for you from the 1930s. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been so long since I've had delicious vinegar pie like this. I mean, no wonder. I mean, even after they all kept dying like that, you were able to get another husband. That's just wonderful. <laughs> now, How so they all died? All four of them? Well, I... I don't quite like to talk about that. Some things just, you know, keep to your private life. You know, I'm in a, I'm in an arranged marriage, um, like beforehand time period right now, and they're arranging me to marriage like uh, a long-lived species. And I gotta say, I do like the idea of him not dying because you know people just drop dead all the time. It's ridiculous. You know, one day you make them a nice cake, and the next day you find them in the stone cold in bed it's awful you gotta get you gotta get an elf partner really i mean that's where it's at you, you know and then they just they last a little longer oh, I, mm, I just keep thieving my blue fire because it's like i don't want to <laughs> get involved in this conversation at all i'm sipping blue fire from my novelty cup thinking to myself <laughs> hmm he eats a cake one night and then wakes up dead the next morning you don't have to be a a professional sleuth to understand what happened there. And then I take a sip. I have an yeah, antidote my... and I've been like waiting for when I'm going to use it. And I'm like, <laughs> do I use it right now? <laughs> like it's, I started the game with one antidote. You know, so I'm just saying, like, if I suddenly drop dead, put it in my mouth. All right. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, so, oh. um, so about, about this uh, Strickland Cromwell, now that we're done eating... Oh, Strickland Cromwell, you know, he was a lovely little chap. He had a nice little 
naval uniform, and he was quite polite when I met him. So at the sound of a Strickland Cromwell, I jump in and I say, a Sadie, I'm whispering to Sadie, even though, you know, I think Annalisa probably already knows, I say, a Sadie, a Strickland Cromwell is a creepy doll. It's not a person at all. It is a doll. I was kind of hoping you'd just tell me he was a doll and I'd be like, oh, you're a doll. Oh, we're all dolls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. A creepy doll, though. But did you look and I pull out the flyer. It's like the flyer says be a doll. Like it says be a doll to us because I think it is a doll. Or this is very weird. Okay. Oh, what does the letter say exactly? Because I didn't write down every word, word for word, just. I'm going to read it again in the GM's voice. <laughs> uh, Fire-breathing fire kittens, I am being harassed by some very rude ne'er-do-wells who have imposed their presence upon my beloved family estate. I find myself unable to even walk the grounds of my own domicile and have been restricted to a very undesirable living situation. Please help save me from these raffish individuals who impress their unwelcome presence upon my manse. Be a doll and provide me with a helping hand. I can provide you with a reward worthy of your aid. It sounds like the writer got turned into a doll. <laughs> I did the head explosion <laughs> gesture. That would be a very As... unfortunate circumstance, being turned into a doll. Anyway, so um, a naval uniform, you say, that is quite impressive. I uh, Have they served? Well, I believe it was more like a sailor suit you might put on a young child, you know, uh, <laughs> and had a dainty little cap and uh, a, a a blue kind of boloish necktie, perhaps, and some short pants. And uh, he could caper about, you know, he was quite a little dancer. It was very entertaining. <laughs> At the sound of the sailor cap, Armando is going to remove his hat that is too small for his head that he forgot to take out when he got off the horse. Are we talking about Pinocchio or are we talking about a small child or like, man, this is funny. I'm just okay. I got to narrow this down. I'm throwing darts at a dartboard. Like, do I ask if when she shook his hand, she got splinters or do I ask if like, oh man, this is good. This is good. This is like a logic puzzle. So if I look, I'm going to point at the uh, the flyer. And both Bartholomew and Sadie and say, look, they're trapped in some kind of living condition. I think this is like a dollhouse or something. Somebody was left or maybe like at the bottom of the of, uh, the, the cellar, you know, like and the doll doesn't want to be in the cellar. The doll wants to be like in the sunshine. So maybe the, the, the sound that they are hearing from the house is the doll saying, get me out of the cellar. It's too dark in here, or I don't know, something like, I don't know what those sound like, but that is what I imagine is happening. Hmm. All I can think is that if we retrieve this doll and it can speak to us, it, the residents here are linked to Summerfell Mansion, specifically the, the, the residents of Summerfell Mansion, the, uh, the, the nobles that lived there when, when we, it was liberated a hundred years ago. So I would believe this doll or this resident of that mansion would know something about, you know, Summerfell. I am very inclined to want to to say rescue this doll from the mansion. It did. Uh, did it sound like when you talked to Strickland that maybe they knew another manor like Summerfell? Were they very talkative? I ask her. Well, uh, he 
was very polite, and as I said, he liked to dance about sometimes, and, um, you know, he signed the paperwork, and I didn't ask too many questions. It seemed quite odd, but uh, I ended up walking away with quite a hefty paycheck at the end of the day, and I wasn't, you know, going to press him or ask too many questions. So at the sound of this, I lean into Esteri uh, and Bartolomeo are going to say, where does the doll get all this money for a hefty paycheck? This is very suspicious. And why would this woman take so much money from a child for some legal, something very legal and something very important like transferring the deed? This is all sounding very strange. I think she is on the take. If the price is right, anything is legal, Emma, right, with these government officials? I'm going to hope you guys are talking really quiet. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is all yeah. in a whisper. Like, <laughs> right. to decide with Bartolomeo. Okay, so how, how recent was their last property tax payment? Their payments come quite regularly, actually. They are always sent in an envelope and passed on to us and we the bank you know transfers the amount that is requested and we get the payments quite promptly all right well i guess this this house is not for sale well i'll be leaving with my friends here thank you for chatting with me and then i can talk to you guys and you guys can tell me it's haunted and that we can intervene because otherwise it just all seems on the up and up (laughs) (laughs) hey friends we're also i will share with Sadie and bartholomew i say that is why i camp in a tent because property tax is a big scam. You never really own property. You are like renting it from the government, and if you don't pay, they take it from you like that. Ah, uh, very. That is just my opinion. Mm. <laughs> I didn't mean to get like all real, but uh, maybe we should go check out the uh, the haunted mansion and find the doll. Agreed. Oh, but I mean, it sounds like they're paying all their property taxes. Have you guys told me about the complaints, the noise violations? Oh. I think you were there when uh, Gideon was saying it's like all loud or whatever. But uh, I will say, I met my cousin in a coffee shop. Apparently, he liked the mayor of this whole town. And he was saying that the the place that we're checking out is a haunted mansion. And there's all kind of visitors. And yes, it's good for the local economy, for tourism and everything. But it's still like a, a concern for the community. And there is sounds all the time coming from this place. So... I don't know if it is this a strickling person or a doll or like a spirit that is lingering, but I think uh, you are the best equipped person to negotiate like a, a settlement where you can acquire the property and maybe build it up. It could be like a B&B. It could be very nice. They have a croissant for breakfast or something like that. Um, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah, Haunted Mansion. We should check it out. It definitely lowers the purchasing price to have something like that going on. Let's go. So I'm going back to the mansion, which I can buy at a discount now that I know that it's had noise complaints recently against it. Um, but, GM, mm-hmm. when we stand outside the house, yes, is the lawn mowed? No, I specifically said the grounds were quite disheveled and ill and ill repair. I said overgrown okay. garden and crumbling exterior. All right. And we know the mayor. Yes. Okay. Out of character. You guys, if you don't maintain your sidewalk, is the sidewalk, like, does it have grass over it? Sticks? 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know about once upon a time, but in real life, if you don't maintain the appearance, the facade and the sidewalk, the city can like give you fines and seize your property. That's true like for like a normal house though. But yeah. this is a mansion. And there is no sidewalk that is right by a mansion. The sidewalk is very far. You don't want like the riffraff going through your big fancy house. You know what I mean? So it's like sidewalk way over there. And then probably like a big fence, like wrought iron with the pointy spikes at the top. Uh. And then on the interior, it is like all overgrown grass and garden that is all out of shape and everything. So I don't know. Okay. Do we have any right to approach this place, you guys? Gideon was standing right there. I think everybody can go inside. I mean, if Gideon can go inside, we can go inside. And I would assume that if we were to get in trouble, um, the mayor will back us up. He did tell us to investigate. I'm not one to abuse relationships, okay? That is very important to me. Like, I don't want to be, like, be special or whatever. Like, I, oh, I know the mayor. But he did task us with, we should check it out. And we have a flyer, like... And I showed the flyer. It's like, this is our path inside. Okay, Armando, I guess I'll follow you. Because, like, if you're holding a flyer and walking up to the front door, I'll follow behind you. But, um, hmm. Be polite. Of course. I I, I am a very honorable. I would never do anything to, the, to, to besmirch the name of Ethere Bartholomew, myself, or the fire-breathing kittens. So that's just so you know. Okay, thank you for being polite because, you know, some people are humans and some people are elves and some people are dolls. I never hear of a doll person. So this is like a first for me, but like, hey, the day is young. You know what I mean? Let's find out. And so we walk to the door and I knock on the door. Knock, 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 knock. Five knocks. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, no one answers. First I want to... Th- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I want to see if anybody answers. You are, I think you were answering the fact that nobody was answering. Uh, nobody answers. However, um, you feel the door give a little as if it's like latched, but like you feel like it's not locked or anything if you wanted to open it. I do want to open it, but I respect property rights. And so like I say, hello, is anybody there? Is fire breathing kitten? We have your flyer. And I wiggle my the flyer so the paper sound make it like a sound, you know, not like quite like thunder, but you know, like, 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 you know, I mean, anyway. So enough so I establish a presence outside of the door. And so then I'm able to say, okay, we're coming in. We're trying to investigate what's going on. Can we help you? And so I open the door. And so as we open the door, what does it look like on the inside of the mansion? Um, cobwebs everywhere. Uh, but after entering the double doors, you find yourself, or after you open the double doors... Uh, you see the foyer, uh, two large st- staircases wind down two sides of this room. The ceiling is an impressive tiled dome uh, with the four corners kind of creating a line to a center, the center of the dome, punctuated by four gargoyle statues, one in each corner, two of which are striking an intriguing pose. There's a door to the right passing beneath the staircase, as well as a long hall ahead of you lined with portraits. Uh, in the distance, you hear... It's not very loud, but you hear voices and kind of uh, as if you walked into a house where a party was happening. You know what I mean? You hear mm-hmm. some distant voices and chit chat going on uh, down that hall with the portraits. I look at Bartholomew and Sadie and say, this is a very old house. 
I think we, we might be too late to answer this uh, flyer, but I think it gives the permission to be here and investigate, find out about the doll. What do you want to do? Can you call really loudly? Hello? Uh, <laughs> Wait, that, was that... that is some... I, I have a question for Sadie. Uh, was that Sadie actually being loud, or was that her attempt at being loud? Demonstrating, <laughs> but she her voice can't do that. Okay, just that's why I wanted to make sure. I was, and I was, that that might not be a good idea, Sadie. Do you hear that in the distance? And he puts his ear up, and he hears, as you described, some conversation, some drowned out in the distance. There may be some people here, or some entities here, we don't want to disturb. So calling out might might not, 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 not be a good idea. We're here to uh, retrieve that doll. No, we're not. I have an idea. What? No, we are here to solve like. This could be like the riffraff that the people are talking about. It's like, hey, people keep coming into my house. I want to get rid of them. Mm. We are here at the behest of a Strickland Cromwell. That is the appropriate owner of this house and potentially the person <laughs> that is going to sell this place to a city. So we want to be on a good foot, a good, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, we want to have a good rapport with them. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Sadie's advice and say, I'm going to shout. I'm going to say, excuse me, I'm looking for a strict little Cromwell. Real loud, like all the way down the hallway. It could be Bertrand you're looking for. <laughs> or, or, or potentially Bertrand. We are not, uh, we have no preference. Either Cromwell is fine. Like that. Armando, as you say this, um, you hear like... You're not certain that everybody would hear this, but you hear like a faint in here. And you feel like it's off to the right. I look quickly like, hey, Bartholomew, Eseri, did you hear that? Indeed, I'd heard that. No. So it was like a little whisper. It say, in here. And it's, and I point to the right. It's like, I think he was coming from over there. Uh, I don't know why they're whispering, though. I, maybe they're in trouble or something, so we should probably be in a hurry. And so I start walking to the right, like where I, from where I hear the sound. Uh, GM, real quick, are the gargoyles doing anything as we move forward? No, they are not moving. Um, the main thing you notice is that two of them seem to be in like a very basic, like, uh, kind of like kneeling pose, and then there's two that have a very different pose, like one has its eyes covered and one has its ears covered. Hmm, how peculiar. Take a look at those gargoyles, um, Armando. You see those two? Those two seem rather normal, but then you take a look at those, you have one that's covering its eyes and one that's covering its ears. Have you ever seen a gargoyle do that? I never see a gargoyle do that. Sadie, have you ever seen a gargoyle do that? I don't think I've... I th let me just say, in my long life, I've seen more gargoyles move than not move. <laughs> so I've seen them do a lot of poses. As you were mentioning this, Bartholomew, all of a sudden you hear a, like, patter noise above you. Hmm. I, he I heard this pitter-patter of some footsteps above us. I have a feeling it is wrath. I hate wrath. <laughs> And I'm going to put my hand on my uh, the handle of my sword to skewer the wrath. And so I'm ready. It's not the sword is not coming out yet. But I'm like, I hope it is not wrath. But it could be wrath. So be ready. 
It might be the no doer, no good doers that are, that are harassing our doll friend. So let's keep an eye out for them and or Bertrand. Bertrand. <laughs> we don't know who That's wrote true. that note. Was not signed. Hmm. I I think it, it... Hey GM, is there a three-headed hydra anywhere? Not obvious. Like nothing obvious in this room. No, not yet. Okay. Oh, so, I say then we should head down that hallway. Agreed. All right, so you head down the hallway. I am coming too. <laughs> but I'm walking with my back to Armando and Bartholomew and my front towards the gargoyles. So uh, the hallway is lined with portraits of what seem to be Cromwell family members. There's a painting of two men drawing flintlock pistols upon one another. There's a painting of a dapper-looking individual with a large hat and a feather protruding from it who looks very joyful, almost as if happy to see a visitor. Uh, there's a por- portrait of a young man dressed in very elaborate noble clothing with a thick ruffled neck collar and a very large and droopy hat. Upon his knee is sat a wooden doll sat in a sailor suit. There's also a portrait of a lady holding a fan and looking very displeased. Sadie, as... As you guys uh, head down this hallway, um, you notice that the eyes of the lady seem to follow you. Like, they look as you guys enter and pass the, the portrait. I poke one. Give me a dexterity <laughs> check. If I if I roll a one, two, three, or a four, do I miss the eye? Oh, I got a five. Let's find out. <laughs> yeah, your hand's... Your hands hit something odd and damp, and you hear a, you hear like a thud on the other side, and feet scrambling. <laughs> I jump through the portrait. Uh, you find yourself in a dark area, uh, very narrow, and um, it's very dark. Mm, give me, make another, mm, yeah, make another dexterity check if you would to see if you can scramble through this. Narrow passage. I rolled a two. I only have one dice. Um, it is very small. You do see, like, faintly, you see, like, small footprints leaving the area. But you kind of get stuck wedged between the this narrow, like, passageway between the walls of the hallway and whatever, whatever lies on the other side. You guys! You guys! <laughs> uh, uh, um, Bartholomew already... Heard the ah, and then the falling over and the running away, and they just look back and saw say leap head first into a painting and just go, <laughs> and then start saying guys. So Bartholomew reacts with a bit of a chuckle, and then is like, oh, <laughs> are you okay, Sadie? What happened? I like look left down the hallway, and I look right down the hallway, and I'm like, somebody was watching us through the portrait, and I don't know which way they went. Quick. Let's pick a direction and go. I nod, and I, I just start a running down a direction. Yeah. Which direction is available? Is it like one corridor, or does it branch off? Wait, I'm sorry. So you, are you trying to get into the passageway that Sadie is in, or are you just running down the hall that you're already in? I was going to go down the one that Sadie was in, but I'm... So I'm making a couple of assumptions. So, Athedi, let me clarify with you. Somebody is getting away. Which way did they go? I don't know. 
But they were back here behind the portrait. Then that is where we're going to go. And so I jump behind the portrait too. Bartholomew follows. And as I learned in the Five Breathed Kittens rule book, they always go left. <laughs> so uh, you find yourselves in a very narrow passage. Um, I'm not going to require a check to make it through. Like a, you eventually would make your way to a, a ladder. I will say it takes some doing though. You are like scraping the sides and like y'all really have to suck in to like wedge your way through this thing. It's very dusty as well. Um, but you make your way uh, to what seems to be like a small ladder leading up to the second floor. And there seems to be like a trap door there. I will climb the ladder and I will uh, quietly, as quietly as I can, push the trap door up. As you do, uh, you hear a <laughs> and you hear more pat- uh, pattering of little feet. And um, you make it up into like a dusty bed chamber. Um, there is like a four post bed with a big canopy. Um, and everything is covered in like a thick layer of dust. The, the curtains on the windows are like moth eaten. Um, but it looks pretty nondescript. Oh, there would be in this room, there would be a small plaque with like a three headed Hydra kind of, uh, inlaid in like bronze upon the wall. I like how sawdust is like puppet dandruff. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) That's what we were described. There's a lot of dust here from the Uh, puppet Uh, joints, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> well, I would share with my team that I hear a little chuckle like a little tiny <laughs> and that I mean I'm not as scared of a lot of things but that was a little creepy and so I share say hey, there's a creepy laugh and they ran away if it, it's a rat that is laughing like that I am very freaked out right now <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's a rat so let's keep going yeah so far to has the guess it's those no good uh, trouble to us. So the only exit out of this room is into like a large landing above the stairs. Uh, there seems to be another bedroom. We'll say like caddy corner to this one. And then there's a large landing as well as a uh, suit of armor kind of s- propped up on a stand against the wall above the stairs. Before we leave the bedroom, though, I mean, I got to like explore the bedroom. So... There's a bed. It's one of them four-poster style beds. Are the curtains drawn? Yes. Okay, I want to look at the corpse. I, I'm sorry, I pull aside the curtain. <laughs> okay. That was quite a leap. <laughs> Do you always expect to find a corpse in a four-poster bed? I mean, if you don't, you'll be really surprised. I guess, yeah, if you're setting your expectation in a way that you're always pleasantly surprised. It's like, phew, no There's corpse. There's no corpse. <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> through and if it is a course it's like hey i expected that already that's yeah that's a really good attitude Thady. i should <laughs> remember that <laughs> so you pull the curtain back and sure enough there's a corpse in bed he seems to be eating a large sandwich <laughs> it's, oh, no. it's like rotted i guess it's like the skeletal remains of a sandwich is it an <laughs> aspic sandwich what? i'm not sure Wait. that it would be if it would be <laughs> If you could tell it was aspic at this point, if it was. The skeletal remains of a sandwich. You know, like the bones of a sandwich that you would have. It's just like dried out bread and like dust, I guess. 
Oh my gosh. All right. Oh man, this is What the... a way to go. Eating a sandwich on your bed, you die. They're just worse that ways. is not honorable. All right, I think that's a good time for us to take our break. <laughs> um and we have been joined by Armando. Uh this is getting weirder and weirder. Sadie. It is a corpse. And Bartholomew. Yes, things are getting increasingly weird as we continue on, but it's true for another typical adventure for the five Rithikins. And before we head out, um, during this section, we like to read off reviews, but currently we don't have any. So here's one I made up myself. Genie Cuisine writes, I like it. I like this podcast. I'm totally interested in this year's season. My favorite episode so far is There Can Be Only One. My favorite character from that episode was Arby, and I hope to see more of their story expand further. If you'd like to leave a review, just leave a review anywhere you find our podcast. Thank you, Bartholomew. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Did you know that you can pay us to read your words in the middle of one of our shows? It's called a shout-out, and you can buy a shout-out on firebreathingkittenspodcast.com. Today's shout-out is... Quote, currently funding on Kickstarter, Community Radio by Quinn Murphy is an immersive RPG where you play a community radio station in a bizarre, surreal town with strange decrees and stranger people. Find it on Kickstarter or at thoughtcrimegames.itch.io. End quote. And if you'd like us to read your shout out on air, visit firebreathingkittenspodcast.com. Hello and welcome to welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens. Uh, we are playing Adventurous by Dawnfist Games. Um, if my players would please roll a d6 and we'll see who does the recap. Five. I've rolled a two. I have oh. also rolled a two. Roll off, roll off. <laughs> Let's do this again. <laughs> Three. I also roll a three. This is really close. Roll up, roll I roll a one this time. I'm going to go first. Three. Okay. All right, Armando, would you please read us a recap? Okay. Let me see if I can recall exactly what happened. So, we are in the guild hall. I am leaning on a post looking at the job board, and there is this old tattered piece of paper, and uh, Bar- I, Bartholomew was like, I want to check that out. I want to go see it. And I say, yes, I would like to as well. We go check it out. And there is this, like, uh, plea for help that somebody's house in once upon a time, this name of the city, is, uh, there's a lot of riffraff or whatever, a lot of ne'er-do-well, I think was the term they use. And they want us to get rid of it, and they're in a place they don't want to be. So they give an address and say there is a reward. So that is good enough for us. Sadie looks at the ink on the page and say, this is very old. And I'm like, uh-oh, I hope it is not too late. So we, uh, of course, Bartholomew has Alistair his horse, and so he's ready to go, but Sadie and I go to the local horse dealer. <laughs> we get horses. Uh, we are, I get a hat that is way too small, and Sadie has a very uh, fashionable hat because she is, uh, you know, she, she is fashionable. Anyway, we go to Once Upon a Time, it is a super a foggy, but that does not seem to impede our progress, except that it is uh, limited visibility. 
Uh, we get to Once Upon a Time, we get to the address, and it is like this decrepit mansion. It's big, but it is totally in disrepair. The garden is overgrown, and the the facade is crumbling. Uh, while we are there, there is an old man pottering around, which uh, to me is very is suspicious. But Bartholomew says that is his old friend Gideon, and Gideon says, hey, I'm just checking out this old mansion. It's, it's a little bit scary. I was in there with the gargoyles, and it was uh, making a weird sound, and I flee. And so we get the idea that this place has a couple of... It, it's weird, like it's a little bit off. So Sadie has this great idea. It's like, this is in disrepair. I am an investor, so I'm going to find out how to purchase his property, turn it around, make a profit. Fantastic. So we go to the uh, town record building, town hall. Uh, she meets this fabulous old lady who seems to be eternally on a lunch break, and she is eating the grossest sandwich in the world. But to Sadie, it is like this wonderful uh, liverwurst and something else. I, <laughs> I tune out because it, it smells and sounds gross. So they're talking. Me and Bartholomew go next door. We get a couple of coffees. He gets a souvenir cup. While we are there, we reunite with my long-lost cousin, Federico, who happens to be, which I didn't know as Armando, the mayor of this whole town. And he, we catch up briefly. We're going to catch up more later. Uh, but he said that the, the place that we were going to, the mansion, is haunted. And so we're like, oh. And the person that owned it, apparently... Uh, will it to a creepy doll like it's not to their son or daughter but to a doll which gets my attention it's like that uh oh this is something different we take that information we go back to Sadie who's having a lovely time about vinegar pie or whatever <laughs> and then uh, she find out that the person who inherited the house which we know is a creepy doll is wearing like a sailor suit and is very nice apparently and apparently paid a lot of money to uh, the lady Annalisa uh, to to finalize the transaction. So we know the doll has the house, the doll has some kind of source of income, and the doll is the proprietor of this uh, haunted mansion. So we go back to the mansion, and then we go inside. Uh, we knock on the door because we're polite, but nobody answered. We go inside. We had the flyer. No problem. Um... There is sounds like a party, but we don't see anybody. We go in, cobwebs everywhere, gargoyles, beautiful tile dome. Uh, we walk into where the paintings are, and there are paintings of the Cromwell estate. By the way, this is the Cromwell Manor. That is the name of the place. There's all these Cromwell paintings all over the place. Sadie, I can't believe this. But she sees a painting where somebody is looking at us, and she poke them in the eye. And I was like, I was blown away. I thought it was amazing. The person fall over. Uh, and then Sadie jumped through the painting into a hidden corridor, uh, but she fall. Uh, but I, I was so impressed. I, like, I was like, this is, this is a lady of action. You know what I mean? So anyway, we follow the corridor down. It's all dusty and narrow. Uh, we go to a ladder. We climb the ladder. And now it's in this bedroom, this bedroom that has not been used in apparently years. It's dusty. But we hear mm -hmm. a giggle. It, oh, it's more like it's been in use continuously for many years. Oh, that's well, <laughs> I will just say it is dusty. And we hear a giggle that was off-putting. 
like a little child or something like that. that he, 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 he. I can't do it. It's, I, I, I'm too masculine in my voice to do it right. But we hear it. And then I'm like, okay, we're on the right track. And so we get there and we're about to go out when Sadie says, aha, I'm going to check the four poster bed because I anticipate there's going to be a corpse there because that is her go-to of finding things in a four-poster bed. She pulls the curtain to the side, and what does she find? But a corpse eating a burial sandwich. And that is where we left off. You are now all caught up, listener. Thank you, Armando, for the recap. So Sadie has uncovered a very old mummified-looking corpse holding a mummified sandwich. Uh, wearing, like, some ratty pajama. Well, they're ratty now. They used to be in fine condition, but they've become ratty, and they have, like, a uh, three-headed hydra shield uh, embellished or embroidered on the um, lapel. And um, you're in this dusty old room with a dead body. What do you do? I start administrating a cleric's last rites. With crystals. I get these crystals out, and I wave them over the body, and I'm saying prayers. Uh, Sadie, I, I admit I am ignorant of um, the on what, what a cleric is supposed to do and when they are supposed to do it. But it seems like a little late, don't you think, to do the last rite for this person? Uh, is there like a, a statue of limitation? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's really messed up. Oh, if you don't get your last rites within like an hour, you don't get to go to heaven. Um. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. See, no, no, like the, I'm speaking of ignorance. I know this question may sound as stupid or whatever, but like I'm asking you, is like if I can die and like 100 years from now, a cleric can give me last rites and then I'm I'm golden? Well, the thing is, I don't know. And since I don't know, I'm going to do them. I appreciate that. I, you know, better safe than sorry. That's what I always say. Jim, better. I'd like to... Mm, I don't know. It's nothing like on my character sheet. Guidance. I can spend one hour in meditation to ask my god for guidance. The GM will answer yes slash no questions about your current situation. Truthfully, can be used once per day. Okay. I just have one question. Okay. Did they die of natural causes? No. Definitely right. not. Um, An hour later, I look up from my crystal placement and I say to you guys, this person did not die of natural causes. Hmm, Do you think they're a sandwich of poison? So you guys talked at the same time. No, you you go ahead. I was going to ask, do you think they're a sandwich with a poison? I'm not really an expert in poisons, um, but I could nibble it. I've got an antidote. (laughs) I nibble it. That is a very old sandwich. What are you doing? <laughs> Slur. Bartholomew so. is perturbed by her eating that that disgusting hundred-year-old sandwich. <laughs> that sandwich is so old that the deadly bacteria died on it. Oh, like it's not poisonous anymore, but it was then. Like the poison's gone. <laughs> no, at this know. at this point, I think it like crumbles apart like ash almost, and just. <laughs> It's really <laughs> disgusting, but it's not. I don't think it's going to harm you like 
All right, I just get a bit more adventurous when I have an antidote on hand, and there's only one type of poison in the world. Like you know, like <laughs> would Sadie say that out loud, or is that just no, no? Say, but this is what she's uh, thinking. Like I have the antidote, you know, to Armand, any poison. <laughs> uh, Bartholomew would say to Armando, "I've noticed. Have you noticed that Sadie is being a lot more adventurous now since since our last adventure together?" Definitely. I don't know what got into her, but I like it. I mean, yes. she is very brave, and uh, I'm glad she is on our side, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it seems like she's fitting in with the Adventuring Guild just fine. You guys have been a really good influence. I feel safe around you. I feel like I can explore a bit more. T minus three episodes until she dies. <laughs> 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 this is three. <laughs> Count them down, people. Anyway, um, so, well, all I know is that they didn't die of natural causes, but I don't know what killed them. What do you guys think? I would like to examine the pyjamas to see if they're like a a big hole or something, like they were stabbed or a chat or something. Hmm. Give me a knowledge check. Okay, so my knowledge is a one. So I will roll one die, and I got a two. That is called a failure. Um, it. I mean, the pajamas look a little constricting. Perhaps they died of uh, like discomfort. <laughs> I will share that with my team. I, I say, <laughs> I don't know about uh, how they die, but they were very uncomfortable when they die. Oh, that makes sense. And Sadie <laughs> trusts and believes you. <laughs> I get out a crystal and uh, leave it in his clasped hands because I feel like that would comfort his soul. All right. Well, we should report this. <laughs> I well, I, so I guess I will talk to my cousin about it. Uh, I don't know if like having a haunted mansion is like. Uh, a certified location and you need at least one corpse or something inside to be, be <laughs> official. So maybe this is like part of the decor or something or like it is required to be here. Otherwise, it cannot be haunted. Um, so, yeah, we will make a note. But do you remember about an hour ago before you were like inquiring with your deity, the, the giggle we hear? Oh, yeah, we chased somebody into this room. I think they ran away. And we should probably uh, follow them. Bartholomew, do you know, can you recall which way they may have gone? Yes, let me discern that real quick. I'm, I'm very good at finding things, at uh, tracking things in the forest. This should be no different. So I, GM, I'd like to use my hunter senses. I get advantage on my track, on tracking. So what skill would you use for tracking? Or I would imagine be knowledge or willpower. I, believe it's knowledge yeah i would go with knowledge well i have a whopping one in knowledge but i get advantage so it's two my chances of success have increased twofold ho ho and uh, i got two on a one i think that's a ultimate failure um so <laughs> on on one hand on well, one hand forest, really good you know <laughs> yeah so on one hand um like, yeah, your role was poor. I would say that um, this place is in disrepair and maybe it's hard to discern anything. 
but the door there's only one door aside from the trap door you guys came through there's one door out to a landing and there's another like potentially another bedroom and then there's uh, a suit of armor standing on the landing and then there's the stairs down hmm i'm very wary about that suit of armor if we're in a haunted mansion and i've heard nursery or some folk tales nursery rhymes and whatnot about certain things of of armor coming alive same with the gargoyles that we saw earlier so it wouldn't surprise me if this suit of armor all of a sudden wakes up and comes to attack us so you need to be on our guard that would not do at all so what i'm going to do is i'm going to employ a class feature from this game system I'm going to use something called a feat of strength. It says, when I use force to destroy an inanimate object, I can choose either to do it very quickly or without a sound. So I'm going to destroy or like kaplaf, like hit the uh, sword of, uh, the suit of armor with my sword to uh, chatter it and uh, scatter the pieces just in case, you know? Like if it's going to reconstitute into some kind of inanimate uh, construct or something, it'll take a little bit of time after I scatter the pieces, you know? So is this loud then? No, I can choose to do it very quietly, without a sound. That's how much of a warrior I am. It's like the only sound you hear is me unchasing my sword is a flamenco guitar. <laughs> but then I go, and I quietly strike. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It is, um, how can I do this quietly? It's like I'm hitting a metal thing against another metal thing, but... Play in uh, piano. I believe that's what, that's the technical term for playing softly. Oh, that's piano. right, that's right. So, like, I'm, I'm, okay, so this is what happened. Like, I'm doing all my moves, like I'm practicing my different forms as a, a sword fighter, and what I am unlocking is, like, there is this internal chi that I have, <laughs> and I'm able to, like, as I apply it to the a suit of armor, the different uh, joints that connect the armor, they collapse. And one by one, the pieces fall to the very well-carpeted uh, landing. <laughs> it's like thud, 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 thud. But it's muffled, you know what I mean? It's not loud. I'm not clanging like some kind of amateur. So it's like thud, 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 thud. And then eventually, the entire suit of armor is on the ground in pieces. And then I uh, return my sword to the chief. Yeah, GM, he has thwarted your living statue puzzle. <laughs> I hope I hope there was not a puzzle on that suit of armor because I just ruined it. <laughs> the the suit of armor collapses to the ground in a heap, and all you hear is a, <laughs> and then you hear a pattering of feet steps again. What was there we... a puppet inside this? No, there was nothing inside of it. You you hear this from like another area. It oh. seems that your your sword play has alarmed something. I get that a lot from the crowd. To be honest with you, it is usually uh, oohs or ahs, but sometimes it's shrieks of excitement, like this. I imagine it is like a shriek of, "I am so impressed with your sword play." <laughs> well, if there was some. Some evil spirit inside that suit of armor. You've dealt with it. Good job, Armando. <laughs> it's my pleasure. So I like to look around the landing to see if there's any other, you say there's possibly like another bedroom off of this landing or something, and then there's also a, a way down? Yes. Um, 
There's the stairwell, and there's one more adjoining room to this landing. And will you say that the sound I hear of surprise and being impressed with my Aethor play was from the bedroom area, or was it from, like, downstairs? I mean, best you can tell, it didn't come from behind you from where you came, so the only place that you haven't checked would be the the last room on this landing. If they had went down the stairs, you would have, they would have had to pass you. So I turn to look at my party and I say, I think we should check out that room, don't, don't you think? And I do my eyebrows up and down. <laughs> yes, let's avenge this unnatural death. <laughs> yes, agreed. Let's go. At the sound of this, we are one in voice. I storm over to the door and I open it dramatically. And, and tumble in. But like it's not like a, um, a clumsy tumble. Like I roll in and I come up with... I don't have my sword, but like I'm ready. You hear a... Coming from... Uh, so this is another bedroom, probably a guest bedroom with a large bed. This one, the, the canopy is not covering. Like it's been withdrawn and tied up to the posts. Uh, the bed hasn't been made. Uh, the mattress is in disrepair. Uh, the curtains are moth-eaten. There's dust everywhere. There's some nice um, furniture, you know, uh, of a rich mahogany. Uh, and then there's a, there's a closet, uh, a large closet, and it, you hear like a rattling, kind of like the doors rattling just a faint little bit. I do hand signals to my team to indicate like... There is something in the closet, but I am not speaking that because I don't want to alarm uh, whoever is in the closet. You know what I mean? Also, DM, are there any? Uh, are there many uh, leather-bound books in this room? <laughs> not in this room. No. Okay, just checking. I equip my musket and attach the bayonet to it just in case, and get up close, close quarters to the closet door, ready to open it and oh prepare my for gosh. the worst. <laughs> Prepare for the worst. I can't be too sure, sure of what's behind here. Even if it is making the sound of cowering and fear, it might be luring us for all I know. There's a Coen Brothers movie where they open a closet and then, like, are too trigger happy with the person inside of the closet, and I just can't get that out of my head right now. Hmm. I, uh, I, I have a healing crystal ready. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is a good situation. Like, if we had a cake, it would... Who, how surprising would it be if we opened the closet door and like, ha-ha, here's a cake for you. And they would be like... They would be chucked. So we would have the element of surprise. So we could, like, now use the bayonet on the musket. But we need something that, in case it is not like a deli or whatever, something that would get their attention but not be threatening, you know? Are, are you saying this aloud? Armando? Uh, uh, I'm saying it player to player, but not like as Armando. Um, mm. Although I, I will inquire, I, I will say, hey, do either of you have like a portable pie or something like that? You hear somebody, you hear a voice. I like pie. <laughs> These stakes have been raised. We need a pie. Does anybody have a pie? I, I do recall, um, Sadie, you were talking to that uh, Anisa, uh, what's her name? Annalisa? About, about vinegar pie, if I do recall. Um, to the 
person in the closet. I can go and get you a slice of pie. It might take a few hours for us to make a vinegar pie, but it does look like a very good recipe. Uh, it looks like she was telling me that, um, hold on, that they talk so much before the recipe, that it takes two cups sugar, three tablespoons all-purpose flour, a quarter teaspoon ground nutmeg, pastry for the double crust pie, a half cup of butter, two-thirds cup white vinegar, and a quart hot water. And what I'm doing as I'm talking is opening the door. Three small halfling children tumble out of the closet. <laughs> and the two boys begin crying. And the girl is like, don't shoot us. Oh, oh, no, this isn't loaded. You have nothing to <laughs> worry about. It wasn't loaded? No, it was bayoneted. I can't shoot him with a bayonet on. <laughs> you were just going to be a spear to death, not a shot to death. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Well, don't say it like that. No, I'm sorry. I find it very humorous. I mean, uh, how many times have we been in this situation, really? This is, if I had a nickel or um, a silver, whatever the nickel equivalent is in this universe. You see three small halfling children with forest green uniforms and brass embellishments, um, the oldest of which is a young girl, a young halfling girl with light brown hair and blonde accents. And she's crying and she's saying, Frenix thought it would be funny if we scared people. Hey, let me take a good look at those uniforms. <laughs> you said they were green uniforms. I'm wearing a green regimental coat uniform. Is it similar to that or is it just... Oh, wait a minute. Are these cookie salesmen? We used to be... We used to be junior scouts. Well, what a prospective uh, activ activity group for you, for you young kids. Very responsible of you. But what bring you from... I'm sorry, go ahead, Bartholomew. I was going to say, uh, it, but... And playing tricks on people is a little bit out of, well, what, what would be expected of scouts. I was going to say, what bring you from being a scout to this haunted mansion? <laughs> Like, that is quite a, if you're going to pick a career track, like, that is a big jump. Uh, Frenick looks at you, and he's like, this, the scouts were disbanded. We put pepper in people's eyes, and they kicked us out. I read about that. That was, that was crazy. But I think they had that coming. Oh. Are these unattended children in a house with a corpse? I'm just, hold on, I'm trying to wrap <laughs> yes, my head around this. What? <laughs> Maybe you should and an evil puppet <laughs> checking stuff off the list. In this mm -hmm. house, there is ready a puppet, a corpse, and three halfling children, and possibly yep. murderous gargoyles slash statues. <laughs> that's that's the scoreboard so far. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to understand. Okay, well. I know I'm rethinking things because the children haven't been murdered by the puppet. I think they are big into pranking. And so what better place to prank people than a known haunted mansion? This really is a house I could buy. Holy cow. Okay. All yeah, right. They are helping your cause. They are like lowering the property value <laughs> by the day. <laughs> and you could sweep in and like really clean up. So these are your allies, frankly. <laughs> I should send them into every house I try to buy. 
Jameson, the uh, middle child of of these three, uh, looks at you and says, Patricia promised us snacks if we scared people. I look at a girl and say, are you Patricia? No, Patricia runs the tour group. What is your name? My name is Armando Contenda Villano de Medici. I'm Aurora Mary Vine, and these are my brothers, Frenick and Jameson. So let me get this straight. The tour group leader pay you money to kind of enhance the um, the creepy appeal of this haunted mansion. Is that right? She gave us cheese, says Frenick. <laughs> <laughs> is that like what the kids are calling money nowadays? No, it or was it, Are you talking literal cheese? Literal cheese. Armando, I think we found your rats. Yeah, <laughs> I, it is more true than I imagine. Although We're these are more, more cute. They are more cute than like regular rats with the long tail that is all uh, slimy. I, anyway. Uh, the only similarity between you children and rats are that you like cheese. That's true. Have you, have you, have you children seen a puppet named Strickland here? Aurora recoils a little bit and says, we, we stay out of that room. Which room is that? It's the only actually haunted room in this whole building. The drawing room. That creepy puppet. The the drawing room? Can you take me out near it and point to it? She would we lead will protect you. you. <laughs> she would lead you downstairs and points to the room across uh if the if the main double doors are to your right and the hallway is to your left, she points right across the foyer to the room across the hall or the foyer we got a final boss room over there guys just pointing that one out to you (laughs) as that as that happens the entire manse begins to shake as eerie light seems to pour out from that room and you see a marionette puppet floating in the air and heading in your direction what the blazes what (laughs) he he points out he points his gun at ready to fire to realize Oh, damn, it's bayoneted. Give me a minute. <laughs> Everybody roll for initiative. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know how a bayoneted musket works, you can't really sh- fire it when it's bayoneted. You might think it, uh, I, I've, I've used, I've fired muskets in, with bayonets. They have to have to take an entire action. Well, in real life, you have to put the effort to take it on and off if you want to go from firing to using the bayonet. Spend five turns drawing and loading your weapon. That's fun. <laughs> well, well, fortunately, we don't have to do that in this system, I don't think. Exactly. So um, so uh, initiative was be a knowledge test. If you mm-hmm. succeed, you act before the opponent. All PCs who fail act after the opponent. I once again have one in knowledge, but I get advantage on an initiative. And, oh, I got two sixes. Whoa, we get hey, a momentum. We get a momentum. Yes, I was about to say, Sweet. you're right. And so now we I, get to demonstrate that. I roll a but, one and I fail big time. Oh. I got a five. I go before the glowing, floating ghost puppet. <laughs> so we have Sadie goes before, then the ghost puppet, and then Bartholomew and Armando. Is that correct? Wait, I, how many? Bartholomew gets two sixes, right? Like he is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's success. right. Momentum. I forgot. You got the double sixes. I... So, mm-hmm. so then it's Bartholomew, Sadie, Puppet, 
Armando. Or, yeah, Armando. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So, as this starts to happen, uh, you hear lots of screaming coming from down the hall as the entire building is shaking and, like, things are falling off of the walls. And um, you hear this booming voice coming from this creepy, uh, like, wireless mannequin that's, like, floating in a sailor suit, like a creepy moth-eaten sailor suit. And it's just saying... I wanted to be left alone. And it's Bartholomew's turn. Uh, Bartholomew recalls the, the letter about some no good uh, good doers in the mansion and then immediately thinks, oh, the, the three rats here. And says to the mannequin, we, we found that we, we're here with the fire breathing kittens to deal with these no good doers. We, we'll remove them from the premises at once, but... You come any closer, I'll shoot. Give me either an intimidation or like oh, a charisma. Goodness. Well, intimidation would be like strength. probably a strength check. Okay, I've like... got three in that. So let me see. A six, five, and a four. A strong success. Hmm. Remove these trespasses at once. And you see it kind of like lowers a little bit and looks a little less like it seems to have taken pause from your aggressive posture. I keep my gun pointed at it and motion to Armando and Sadie. You two should get the get rid of these children at once. Like, get rid of, like... <laughs> oh, what are you talking <laughs> oh, oh, about? No, no, no! <laughs> get the, I mean, get... The, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little... I'm a little on edge here. He, he says, looking back and looking at the puppet, get them out of here. Is oh, what I should of course. Say. That's, that's what I thought you meant. That's a, yeah. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> um, so Sadie, can I so, add? Oh, well, sorry. it's Sadie next, because yeah, yeah. we're still going to go in initiative order, but I'm not forcing you guys into a combat if you manage to talk the puppet down. I scoop up three halfling children, and I run out the front door. <laughs> All right, so with that, the puppet is like, <laughs> I can see you are trying to assist me. Please take these unwanted visitors from my mansion. And he just um, hovers there, um, waiting to see what happens. Armando? So I'll say, uh, hello, uh, I assume you are a Strickland. My name is Armando Contenza Bilazno de Medici. Uh, I think a lot of people are here because they are curious about, like, the afterlife and supernatural stuff. And, like, this is a draw to them as a... Um, like, they want to be here, you know? So, if you like, you can make this not a haunted mansion, and they will leave because they will be bored. Uh, alternatively, the lady that just ran out with the three halfling children, she has a business proposition for you. I think she'll be back later, but she would like to buy your property, which, I don't know, with that money, you could probably go wherever you want and be left alone. So, that is a possibility. Uh, is that okay for you? They're wrecking the dining hall. At this point, you hear a bunch of crashing and screaming from the other room. I don't think those were the only rats, Armando. <laughs> it says Bartholomew eyeing towards the dining hall while slowly beginning to lower his, lower his gun from this marionette. Do I have time uh, on my turn? I know I do a lot of talking. Uh, can I move toward the crashing? Would yeah, it still if you be guys... my turn? If you guys head towards that direction, I'll say you can break out of initiative and we'll just go into see what happens. Yeah, that's, that's fine with me. I, this, um, this puppet 
don't hurt me at all. So I have no reason to be like alarm or defensive or whatever. All right. What would you guys like to do? I suppose go toward the crouching. Uh, Bartholomew, I, I hear some noise over there. You want to go and check it out or should we make sure Sadie is okay? Or what, what do you think is a good plan of action? Let's wait until Sadie arrives back here and then we'll all three together sneak in and um, scout ahead and see what's in the, in the dining area. I assume it's more of these children, these no-do-gooders. I run back into the manor, my red hood falling around my shoulders from the running. Good yeah, job, Sadie. Right. Do you get a haircut or something? You do something different with your hair? I did not notice because the hood was up the whole episode. It looks very nice. Oh, thanks. I got highlights. It's just oh, white on white. <laughs> it's a little more like a little off-white, but just like barely. Yeah. So you guys head towards the dining hall? Oh, yeah. We'll catch, we'll catch uh, Thady up with the plan and say, hey, this was a puppet say. We hear noise over there. We're waiting for you. We're going to go check it out. Are you ready? Yeah. I get out a crystal. Uh, this time, um, Bartholomew is going to lower his gun, not bayoneted. He's, he's assuming that it's going to be more children that don't need to have weapons drawn for and in case there is a need of a weapon, he has his trusty tomahawk on his side. I have a plan. So, with my right hand, I'm going to put it on the hilt of my sword, like ready to draw. But with my left hand, I still have a half a cup of blue fire. Uh, so I'm going to go into the, uh, the, key, the dining area and say, Did somebody order a cup of coffee? Because immediately, like that's going to disarm the situation. Hopefully it's not a child, because I don't feel comfortable uh, giving a child coffee. But we'll see what happens, you know? So I rush in with my cup of coffee, I say. Did somebody want some coffee? As you go to try to enter the dining room, the door itself seems to have been, like, not locked shut, but, like, there's something heavy on the other side of it. Ah. Not anticipating this, I run into the door, and I collapse into it, and I get coffee... All over myself. Like, the rest of my coffee is all over the front of my outfit. I'm disappointed, you know, uh, clearly. You could still open it, but you might need to make a strength test or a strength check with your... I will do that. I will say, there's something uh, blocking the door, and it made me spill my coffee, and I'm very angry about it. So I'm going to open the door right now. And so (laughs) I turn to the door, and I use my strength to open it. And as it turned out, as a warrior, I have, not necessarily all warriors are like this, but this warrior, I got a four strength. So I'm going to roll four dice. Oh, mama payama. I got a six, a five, a four, and a five. Oh, wow. Awesome. So what does this mean for me opening the door? I hope it means the door is open. Well, it's a strong success, which is... uh, it doesn't give you momentum, but it's like the best success under a double sixes. So, um, yeah, you push it open. Uh, what you see inside is it looks like a chandelier inside of the dining room had collapsed and like landed right in front of the door and like wedged it shut. And the hearth in this room had like bellowed out. And like, so there's like some stuff on fire. Uh, there's people scrambling towards the windows, trying to break the windows, but there's like a ton of, touristy folk who are wearing like uh badges around their necks i did not expect when we entered this ghost house for the party sounds to be from a literal party with lots of people (laughs) 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 
<laughs> There's a female half work wearing a non-threatening outfit of khaki pants and a white collared shirt, uh, light green skin, bluish black hair, and is wearing a visor and carrying a clipboard. And she's like panicking, and she's like, "I I don't know what to do. This is chaos." And like people are crawling out of the windows that they've broken, and they're like trying to escape, but they can't find an exit because the door was blocked, and they're just panicking, trampling over each other. I believe this calls for someone who is more of a of a speaker rather than a fighter. Oh, are you talking to me? Uh, both of you, because I'm not a, very much of a speaker. I'm more of an eloquent writer. I think <laughs> you are the best equipped because I don't know what I'm saying half the time. All I want to do is poke things with my sword. Uh, and I have not had a chance to do that except with a suit of armor, which was very satisfying. But I think your eloquence... It, it is what is required here to calm the situation, number one, with the people, and then number two, with that floating puppet, which is, is freaking me out, let me tell you. <laughs> well, let, let me try it with my one in charisma. But Sadie, what... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not sure. So, so Sadie's character, what is your charisma? One? <laughs> yeah, so Sadie's not great at talking to new people. It's a one. Uh, so we, what, what you're saying is we all have one in charisma. Yeah, you thought the stuttering girl would be good? I mean, she tries. She's like, um, um, um. I guess I'm the best, but but we all each have one brain cell. If we combine all three of our brain cells together. No, no that's not how it, it works this in way. the system. Think of it this way. It is not like you are diminished, you know? It is all relative. Mm -hmm. Like you are actually a very fine fighter. But a little bit less than that is your charisma. Like you are able to fight. You're also able so, to write, you know? Let, let, let me try this. Everyone, settle down. There's an evil spirit that wants all of you to leave. That's why he's using with my 1d6 and I... Oh, no, I didn't. I accidentally rolled 3d6s on this phone app, but ended up getting a three. So th you, that was a failure. You also have a momentum if you wish to use it. It allows you to reroll one oh. die. Let me try that then. A three again. I'm destined to roll a three. So what do you say exactly? Let me... Oh, I said, everyone settle down. There's an evil spirit here that wants everyone here to leave. Yeah, that wouldn't settle me down. You may have inflamed the situation. <laughs> so I would, Unfortunately. I would say the ones closest to you uh, realize that you speaking, like you're standing in an open doorway now. And part of the panic was that the chandelier was blocking the door. And, and they're like, hey, hey, this guy found, he, he unblocked the exit. We can go. Everybody, this way. And um, you start to see people forming a line towards your direction. How many people are there, GM? Uh, let's say 40-ish. Wait, how many? 40. 40? My word. <laughs> Run! <laughs> Turn to the others. Run! <laughs> out of the way! That, that, I probably overshot it. It's probably more like 25, maybe? That's still 40 funny. sounds a lot. 20, 25 like is still much. a lot of people. It is, it is. This is They're barreling out. There was a body upstairs. <laughs> what is... What? Maybe that room is typically roped off or something, but we took the secret passage. I mean, I don't think they're supposed to like fly through the painting in the corridor, Sadie. Am I right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, jumping out of the way. Uh, they scramble past you. Um, 
not everybody gets the clue and like there's still people climbing out the windows over the top of each other and when the whole building shook stuff fell in the dining room like the chandelier fell blocked the door the hearth bellowed fire like poltergeist type activity was happening so people are panicking and there was no exit until armando opened the door by pushing the chandelier out of the way i did notice that the guy is screaming and leaving the door uh credit bartholomew for opening the door but i'm not going to make a big deal about it <laughs> we're a team yeah we should like let these panic people leave i step aside <laughs> so after a while everybody begins to exit uh except for a few stragglers who are like disoriented and like i don't know if you've heard someone describe like a emergency type situation but people do weird stuff when there's like carnage happening and so there's some that are like stumbling around and like not knowing like they don't have their bearings uh i will try i will i recognize panic i've seen it many times in my journeys and so i will direct people to uh i will put a calming hand on their shoulder and say oh the, this is the way to the exit you will be safe and i will kind of direct one by one whoever is stumbling and not able to do it themselves i help them and say it's okay you will be okay just this way to the exit and hopefully they are uh safe like the um the merrybine uh children uh yeah you guys successfully clear the area and things calm down and um the fire dies down and uh now you have an empty dining room if uh if the half orc with the white shirt still there i assume this is probably patricia yeah she got out of there the minute she realized like people were heading out the way you guys were she went out through the window <laughs> like she escaped because she was like i don't know if i want to be caught like she she realized that people like a third party was now entering the area and she was like oh, i better get out of here so she left so it looked like it's just us and the floating puppet i believe so yes you've cleared Then the place i will turn to Sadie and say hey i got a sneaking a suspicion that this guy owns this house if you wanted to strike a deal with him i mean if after that a checking of the house is like in worse shape So maybe you get an even better deal than you did before. <laughs> I've never bought a house from a a g- 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 ghost puppet before. Can you help me negotiate? I certainly said it. I'll bring well, I'll get I'll bring my one charisma to put up with your one charisma. <laughs> and Armando, I'm going to ask you to please join in with your one charisma and we shall strike the best deal. I mean, it's relative like I have got a lot of charisma, <laughs> frankly. but i just have a lot more a strength mm-hmm. but yes i will join you <laughs> i we could say to the puppet hey i think we clear out your uh trespassers is that all you wanted um yes oh go ahead as you say this uh you notice the marionette has settled down and this sailor suited puppet kind of goes limp on the floor and you see a ghostly apparition arise from the puppet itself Uh you see a older human male with dark hair and a very elaborate uh military style noble outfit with a very large neck frill. He has a ghostly wax mustache. Uh although he looks quite spooky, he, he seems to have like a timid and shy demeanor and he says, 
thank you for clearing my house. These ne'er-do-wells were breaking my grandmother's fine china. They left debris and litter scattered about as if this were just a, a sidewalk. GM, does this look like the son of the person who died upstairs who was lost at sea? No, it looks like a unmummified spirit version of the person who was dead upstairs. Oh, even closer than his son. I think we see a painting of this guy uh, with a puppet on his leg. Yes, yes, that was Bertrand Cromwell. Oh, okay, it was labeled Bertrand. Yeah, Sadie's not going to say anything. She's just, like, in shock. I, I, w- I mean, I hear what they go to saying, like, how everybody was uh, messing up the china and whatever. But then I think, you know, they're not the one that dropped the giant chandelier off the ceiling and use the fire to burn the dining area. I mean, don't... When you point one finger, there are three pointing back at you, you know? <laughs> Puppet hand. <laughs> I merely wanted to live my eternal, tormented life in peace, reading my large library of books, but people would not leave my mansion alone. Um... Is is that because the owner was dead? Is that why they didn't leave it alone? Because that can happen, you know, when a house... It's like all your bills are set on auto pay, but no one's mowing your lawn, you know? And then the local ruffians move in and start, like, inhabiting your house. Is the owner of this house dead? I am the owner. I passed the ownership of this place to Strickland so that I could appear... A- as an entity in this house, and I, I thought that people would leave a creepy puppet alone. Creepy puppets are not great at mowing lawns. <laughs> they also do not kind of uh, fight back against people that are trying to set up a spooky tours in your house. Like, they probably came up to the doll and was like, can we do a spooky tour in your house? And the dolls say nothing, so they're like, I guess that's a yes. And so they're now doing a spooky <laughs> tour the whole time, and that's disturbing your reading. But I will say, this lady right here, she is very knowledgeable and is a a firm believer of property rights. So if you pass ownership to her, she can make sure nobody comes in this house and you are are free to read all the books you want. I mean, am I overstepping my bounds, Sadie? I would want to put like a tenant in here, you know, but that would only be one, maybe five people. Definitely not 25 to 40. And they don't throw parties. I mean, I can kick them out if they do. And we can, like, rope off, move your books somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, we can just lock that room. You can pass through walls. Who would you pass the property on to when you pass? Oh, that's going to be a long time from now. I'm 718 years old. That sounds like a lot, but she's still very young. (laughs) I look like I'm 18 years old. And I I could rent this out to a lovely tenant. I could let you help pick the tenant, you know. And then we would get income from them, use that to pay a lawn mowing service, you know? I just found myself in caught between a rock and a hard place. It's hard for a ghost, you know? If you scare people, then people want to see the haunting. But if you just disappear, people think that there's still a ghost. I have a solution because I was, uh, actually Bartholomew and me were recently in the land of the dead. And there were a lot of, the, the the death was talking about people that were inhabiting different places, like haunting. And maybe you could go on vacation 
to like some other house. But you appear there every once in a while. And so that house becomes haunted. And that is where all the people go to try to see like a hunting or whatever. But they leave this house alone because Sadie is managing it. Like a decoy, a red herring perhaps. And then you also get to see the sights, you know, you like you visit places maybe you wanted to see in life, but you did not get to see, or they would not let you into a certain uh, country club or whatever, but now you can go whenever you want because you are a ghost. I find this arrangement to be very appealing, as long as I was allowed to continue to read my books in peace. You know, my friend Bartholomew here has his own magazine. And it's very, it very inspiring. In fact, it is called The Inspirer. Have you had an opportunity to, to read The Inspirer? I have not. What What is published in this? I, 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 w- I would like to share it with you, but before that, I hear that you are familiar with a certain place known as the Summerfell Estate. What do you know about that place? I have cousins who lived in the Summerfell Estate for quite a bit during, you know, vacations or holidays. They came back to me and told me of a place called Famui Dunes. They said it was a great adventure and that I should explore it. And I met a man at a bazaar there who sold me this wooden marionette. But it, it gave me eternal life. But unfortunately, it caused me to waste away no matter how much I ate. And I had to keep eating and eating until I unfortunately ate myself to death. How peculiar. So the your family who lives the Summerfell Estate went to the Famui Dunes and went on adventures there. And you went there as well and came back from a bazaar and getting this item of eternal life. How peculiar. It was a blessing and a curse. As I am stuck, trapped, tied to the body of this marionette. Do you know what ha- what befell of Summerfell? I do not. I have not seen my cousins in in a long time. Bartholomew stands up straight and recites a bit of the history of his of his hometown. I am from Pinedrick, so below Summerfell Estate, that the lords of that manor lorded over unfairly and unjustly, and my fam- my ancestors revolted against them. But on the day that we revolted and were at near victory. There was a cataclysm that shook the land, and out of Summerfell State came revenants that descended upon our town, and they have been descending on our town uh, for a hundred years. That is quite a dire circumstance. I wish you luck on your quest in trying to relieve this curse. Yes, hearing you getting a curse as well, you know, connects some dots. Perhaps they were cursed the same way you were. So I have a question about your curse. Like with the doll, uh, that's not transferable or anything, right? Like we, if we touch a doll or something, we're not going to get cursed like that? I'm afraid it acts as a vessel for one soul at a time. I would have to be expelled from my vessel in order for someone else to take residence. Well, I don't want to do that. Like what I was thinking is like if you like the beach or whatever, we could take the, the doll to the beach and you could, like, I don't know if ghosts enjoy the rays and the waves. You know, we, we just, if you are tied to the doll, the doll can be where you want to be, and we can help with that. And Thady, uh, as your new property manager, she is uh, very capable, as long as I, you cut her into the profit, you know? 
I'm unsure what direct rays of sunlight would do to my corp- incorporeal form. There's only one way to find out. I mean, what have you got to lose, right? I mean... Oh, just eternal life with a library. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, if... I don't, I don't think we have to risk anything. Honestly, reading all day sounds really fun. I promised you a reward. If you fire-breathing kittens would help me, inside of my drawing room, amongst my library, if you would come with me, I can access my personal treasury and reward you with very much gold, of which I have not a lot of use, especially if this property is changing hands. I mean, that works for yeah. me if if that is something that is uh, amenable to you. Yes, I would very much appreciate a little bit of monetization from this adventure. It's a good thing to save up for for my future and uh, my future travels to the desert, it seems, is where this is taking me. Hmm. Perhaps I'll find my answers there. Be wary of any deals you make in the Famui Dunes, or you might end up like me. Hmm, noted. And with that, he would lead you to his drawing room, where he provides you each with 5,000 gold? Ooh. That is a lot of gold. That's more than the 15 I started with in this episode. I, will, <laughs> I, will I don't know people if anyone spent their money in, in character creation. But I spent it on ink, quill, and paper, and then I'm left with 15. I wish I would have had a backpack with my goal so I could carry all this other goal. Alistar would be able to carry it. I'm sure your horses could as well. That's right. I got to wear that hat again. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so are you okay with the agreement that Sadie like take over? And take care of you, though, and she live a long time, and she I'm sure she had, like, friends or whatever that she can help manage for forever, if you like. This this will work as long as I am left to my own devices here in this mansion. I'll give you veto rights on every tenant. This will work that... quite well, I believe. A, a very desirable partnership. So do you, like, need that in writing or whatever, Sadie? I'm not a business person. Oh, yes. But thankfully, we know a notary who can come here to the house. I will start a batch of liverwurst. I don't actually know what that is in real life. Going. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the plan, GM. I'm going to have Annalisa Pottingham come here and notarize some papers. And I'll give her food. And I won't eat any of her food. No, wait. I still have that antidote. I will eat her food. And we'll have a nice signing party. So, so interesting note about that. Um, if you guys return back to the town hall, uh, Federico would greet Armando as you guys enter. And uh, he's like, Armando, you know, I, I looked into the, the deed of that property you asked me about, and it turns out the, my very own secretary was the notary on the deal with a puppet. I had to fire her. This is ridiculous, selling a house to a puppet. You know, you got to do what you got to do. I think that is uh, a growth abuse of power to, to to pocket the money just so you can sell it to a puppet. But I think you probably, uh, we met a new person who is actually a very old person who is actually a very dead person. You should talk to this person <laughs> and they can clear it all up because maybe the puppet was not exactly uh, in the wrong. And maybe Annalisa should probably have her job back. 
I don't know. Talk to Thady. She knows all the details with that kind of thing. But I do want to say, I think we may have solved your Haunted Mansion uh, problem. Uh, GM, I would also like um, Armando, after talking to uh, Bertrand, he will probably, once he discovers the corpse in the bed is belonging to him, he will want to bury that body. Yeah, that would be easy to do. But uh, also, uh, Federico says, I don't know how I'm going to sell this house. Eh? You know, it's got such a bad history and the, the, the property is unkempt and it's in really poor repair. And uh, it was formerly owned by a puppet. I don't know what to do. I leave it to my uh, associate who is a master of business. She knows everything to do to make it like a world-class establishment. Totally. I completely trust her. And so I point to Sadie. I have a property management organization that I think you'll get along with very well, but it'll look crisp and clean from the outside, and it will bring in passive income. And the property taxes will be paid in full. There is a former resident, but they uh, would like to live on as a tenant, so we're going to need dual entrances. So we need <laughs> like start talking about like one lockable door per resident, you know, of course, and... I don't actually know anything about property law, you guys, but I do know you have to have your own door, right? You have to have your own window for a bedroom, right? Bedroom, window, office, no window? Yeah. I don't know. I know you need two locks on your front door. One is accessible by a key, but one is a deadbolt that cannot be accessed by a key. Uh, Oh, yeah. All these laws. Sadie would know that stuff. And Sadie would definitely have, like, a property management, like, company that she employs. But I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I like this deal. Uh, I think we can work out a very good business relationship. <laughs> and unless there's anything else you guys want to do, I think that's a good time to wrap it up. I mean, that sounds good. I need to figure out what to do with all this money I got. <laughs> all right. So we I have been. The body. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I just, I'm, I'm mumbling to myself, go right ahead. I should have done that off microphone. S- speaking of which, where would you choose to bury the body? Would you ask him or would you just pick a place on the ground? I, I would ask. <laughs> well, like, don't watch us as we bury your body. I would, I would propose. So I would propose it to him and say, look, I would like to do you the honor of burying your body because that is something everybody should be entitled to. Uh, is there a preferred place you have, like a tree? You enjoy, or maybe a place where your family is? Do you want me to bury you there? Yes, there's a Cromwell family mausoleum. Uh, I do believe you might have a hard time clearing the area, but perhaps if you could just lay me to rest there. That is not a problem. And that is a lot less digging. Mausoleum over the ground is perfect. And with that, I believe we'll call it the end of the episode. Today we were joined by... Armando. That did not go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> Bartholomew. Well, I'm, I've finally gone on an adventure that is leading me closer to ending the cure of the curse that plagues my homeland. And Sadie. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. It's that part of the show where we recommend a podcast that you might enjoy. Have you heard of Beck Did It Better? Quote, We are going through the top 500 albums according to Rolling Stone magazine. We talk about each album and we also give dating advice to our single friend. So far the advice has been bad enough that we are still recording on Friday nights. 
call and leave a message on the Beck line, 802-277-BECK. We just want to be famous. Is that so much to ask? And here's a recent review. It says, five stars, best 90 minutes. Hey, all right, this podcast is a home run. Check out Beck Did It Better, a podcast.